And we are back. I know there was not an episode last week. I'm so sorry about that. But we were doing some renovations with the studio. And I think we've got it set up pretty good. I'm pretty happy with how it is. I'm still making a few minor tweaks. You guys can kind of see it a little bit, I guess. You can see a portion of it in the video if you're watching the video. We're going to step up the live game a little bit for our live streams of the podcast. And you'll be able to see a little bit more of the studio that way. So feel free to check that out. It should be cool. I'm very excited for it. But yeah, that's that's kind of all the housekeeping stuff. Sweatshirts are coming in soon. Be on the lookout for that. And yeah, as far as our guest goes, she's been on before. I had a great time with her then. I had a great time with her now. She's cool. I really like her. And we had a great conversation. We covered a wide range of topics. We talked about the police. We talked about sexuality. We talked about Marvel movies. I mean, we we covered a lot and it was it was a lot of fun. I always have a good time sitting down with her and just just talking. So, please give it up for Skylin Celeste. Yeah, because last I heard you were moving or in the process of moving. Right. I mean, I feel like I have like a little bit of Sagittarius in me somewhere because like just the slightest inconvenience, I'll just pack up my shit and like want to leave. Is that a Sagittarius thing? I don't I know. So. Is that like the... One of my exes was a Sagittarius. Yeah. Okay. One of my exes was was a Sagittarius and he was very much that way. So, yeah. I mean... Can't be know. tied down. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, so try and like... I'm trying to stay here in Humboldt for a while. Do you want to stay here? I mean, I do and I don't because like, you know, like it's easy here, you know, like I mean, it's you, comfortable. It's comfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, n- not per se comfortable, but I definitely say easier being here than elsewhere because, you know, all of us uh, like Humboldt folk that grew up here have been here like all our lives. So uh, getting out is a little bit difficult, especially after the whole, like, like, especially now with, you know, the world still upside down. Who knew that it would last this long? Huh? I would not have guessed. I know. And I don't think been, anybody would have called it. It's been over a year since we lasted this. Has it since you've been on last? Yeah. It's been over a year? Yeah. Wow. Like a year and a month, I think. Wow. I would have guessed four or five months. Tops. No. Wow. It's been like a year. How crazy is that? Yeah. And we're still pretty much where the we same were. Same place, yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, I feel like the world's actually gotten crazier. Oh, absolutely. Which is a scary thought. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly at the point where I'm like, you know what? If the world burns, the world burns. I'm just going to let it do its You're thing. just going to ride it out. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm worried. I feel like we are not going in a good direction. I feel oh, like no, not just, at all. We're falling apart. Yeah. But hey. What what can a trans girl and a bearded guy do about it, you know? <laughs> I like how my quality is the beard. I could live with that. I don't know. I don't know what anybody can do about it is the thing. Exactly. Except for just it's, ride it out and yep, see what happens. That's pretty much all we can do right now. It's like, oh, the house is already on fire. 
I mean, we can try and get the family and kids out, but have I you mean, seen that meme where it's the house is on fire and there's like a dog sitting in yeah, the kitchen? He's like, I'm fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, is fine. fine. <laughs> and it's like, it's not. It's no, not it's dog. not fine. But, you know, like to each their own. Unfortunately, the people who are getting their own are not the good people in the world yeah, right now. But, right? Yeah. I don't know. I was looking at moving. I've been looking at moving. I say comfortable being here because you're right. It is easier. It's yeah. easier to just stay with your game plan, stay with what's normal than to try to break out of that bubble and do something else. And I mean, it's easier trying to like move out of humble when you're like fresh out of high school, like all those lucky people who got to like dip for college and like stay gone. And I'm like, so envious, but you know what? It, It is what it is. But I'm like, I recently came across a large sum of money and so I'm like well I do have the ability to get out of town if I want to mm-hmm. but it's like do I want to use this money or invest this money because honestly at this point I'm like maybe it would be best if I invest it because I like I don't know I feel like a lot of people are hop like are going to start hopping on that bus and I want to get on it before them and get the good seat you know you should talk to Haley Lamb Oh, God. She's, she's my go-to person for all of that, for yeah. sure. I mean, I have a friend who lives here in Humboldt, and he's been, like, secretly, like, bossing it up, and he's, like, buying himself, himself a private jet and stuff, and I'm like, all right, well, Damn. I don't know how you did that. I thought you only owned, like, a fitness studio or whatever, but guess you owned a whole lot more than that. So, yeah. What did you – you didn't rob a bank or anything? No, okay. I did not. I did not. Um, personally, I am not capable of such things. Um, I just feel like... We'll never say never. Right. Well... I mean, with the state of the world, it might get a little... Right. But we're also on camera, so I'm like, can't true. say too much. <laughs> That's also true. Can't say too much. Yes. What do you, Can you say what you did? Oh, yeah. My dad passed away and I got his, uh, like the, the, what's it called? Inheritance. Kind of, kind yeah. Of. The, the the money from the estate. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it's okay. It was like he passed away, I think, a few days either before or after we recorded the first podcast that I was on. Oh, wow. Yeah, something like that because it was October 20th. That is when we passed. did the last one. No, October 20th was when oh, he, he passed. passed. Okay. And it was sometime in October that we did the last podcast. But yeah, so... He passed away a year of dealing with, like, lawyers and stuff and all that. And my little brother who lives in Alabama, who, where my dad was, um, like, just dealing with all that is finally over. And so very happy that that's all said and done with and I can just move on. So I'm guessing it was kind of intense. It wasn't intense, but it was just frustrating because, like, uh, all throughout m- me growing up, my dad lived in Alabama. And so, therefore he adopted the mindset as well of people who live in Alabama and just a lot of friction within like the our relationship and stuff and it got to the point where we had just like cut ties completely with each other we weren't talking and then he got really really sick and that this was like two years ago like a year before he actually passed and I finally was like okay you know what be the bigger person try to reconnect see what happens and we reconnected things got better um, relationship wise, but his health kept getting worse. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, he passed, which happens when you're like super, super sick and literally on your deathbed. 
Um, and he passed of COVID-related complications. And my stepmom, two months before him, also passed, but she passed of COVID specifically. So uh, my little brother, who's 13, he lived with them because he was the product of my stepmom and my dad in Alabama. And uh, so now he's like Batman, doesn't have any parents, and also just got a ton of money. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, shit. Is yeah. he going to stay with a relative or? Um, his older brother, who is my stepbrother, there, uh, he's living with. Okay. Yeah. And he's 26 and my little brother's 13. So imagine Whoa. being almost your age and having a 13-year-old. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. A middle schooler. Yeah. And you have to take care of it. No, thanks. Were they close? The two of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They okay. lived They lived together. Okay, so, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. I know. Yeah. It's like, cool. My little brother's like, well, luckily, my dad set up the will really good where neither of us can touch our money until we're 21. And I just turned 21 last month. So my little brother has like... A whole bunch of years before he can touch That's it. That's probably so a good thing. He can't be too stupid with it. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, because they split the will up like 80%, 20%, 80 to my little brother and 20 to me. And so I'm like, I'm like, damn, then he's getting a lot. But whatever. Good for him. It's yeah. part of life sometimes, right? Right. It's like, you know what? At least I got handed a card. It may have not been the best in the deck, but I still got one. So, yeah. yeah. So what have you been using the money for? I have, have not you touched it at all. I haven't no. gotten it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a recent development, but, um, soon. So yeah, that's exciting. Unfortunate and exciting. Right. And like I said, my, well, my plan is to like pay off my car, pay off my phone and my tablet and just like try to get my monthly bills as low as possible. And then, uh, use that money to get my own place and also invest it so that way I will be able to like grow money because uh bitcoin is very much a thing right now and uh one of my mom's friends actually had a financial advisor a few years ago tell her to get bitcoins and so she bought one when bitcoins were like $5,000 and 15 like individually and so now she has two whole bitcoins and like over almost like she has almost like $200,000 from Jesus. just sitting on those. So I'm like, well, investing's not looking too damn. bad. I know exactly. And it like I I'm sure you all you remember as well when Bitcoin first like started coming out and everybody was like, what the like what is this? They were just giving it away. Literally, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wish I would have done that. God, I think it's like 60 60 something thousand right now it's about 70 this is 70 it's wow. about 70 yeah and it just keeps going up and up that's so crazy i don't understand any of that and i'm afraid to dive into it because i think it's going to consume me yeah i i i don't quite understand it either but i know that like if you invest in bitcoin itself then you'll like you'll basically be good just like i i don't know it's complicated, but I have friends who understand it, and I'm like, that's good enough for me. If they can tell me what to do with my money, and I'll be as successful as them, that's great. It's a go-to. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like we're all kind of at that age now where investing is looking pretty good. 
I have a lot of yeah. friends that are like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm getting into investing. I'm like, what? I feel like we all just got bit by some bug at the exactly. same time. And it's like living in Humboldt, you're, you don't come on money. Like this is, this is not the place where you make a lot of money, especially after the weed industry was legalized. It's like, yeah, people, people don't make money here anymore, or rarely ever, unless you're one of these freaking like. Uh, construction workers i was talking to one of them at 707 a few days ago and he was like oh yeah i'm on like storm like storm pay and they're paying me like 60 an hour wow 60 an hour are you kidding me i need to get into construction i'm a caregiver for adults with developmental disabilities and one of my clients will literally like um sorry hipaa but um well i'm not saying names so it's good but uh like one of my clients will literally like chase staff with butcher knives and like we can't do much about it we just kind of have to like you know run away and not get killed for 14 an hour that's minimum wage yikes i'm i'm making minimum wage to possibly lose my life cool excellent love that for myself but you know what it's a job and right now i just don't have the mental capacity to learn another one mm-hmm so and it keeps you on your toes yeah not getting stabs a pretty pretty good motivator right i mean if i have a crazy like if i end up getting into a relationship with a crazy man i'll be set i'll be ready i'll be prepared yeah yeah so that's I mean, crazy i guess it has hours insane i know and i'm like all like and it's like storm like hours or whatever so like the storm isn't always happening where you're at but you're just like basically on call and so you're just sitting there doing nothing and getting paid 60 an hour in like 16 hour shifts like are you kidding that's not fair that's that is a scam that's a scam <laughs> especially today it was so nice out like there's no yeah. there's no storm what's that about yeah yeah but i was um i'm when i turned 21 i was like i can socialize now finally being able to go out to the bar so i've been doing that a lot not even to like get drunk and go crazy and stuff but just to like meet people but um yeah a lot of like pg&e and like linemen and construction workers and stuff come through all the time i mean what else do they do nothing um but work and drink so you know but uh talking with them and hearing like how much they get paid i'm like that's not fair i mean and they're like well i have to work in the rain and i was like yeah but do you get chased by crazy people with knives no you get chased by, I don't know, your coworker with a, a shovel who's just pranking you or something. Kind of a difference. A, a lot of yeah. a difference. A lot of a difference. But, you know, America. I forgot that you're 21. I am. I forgot that. I always think that you're right up there with me, but you're two, you were two grades behind me, right? I graduated in 2018. Okay, yeah. I graduated 2016. I see. I think, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, my my four year of like fourth year of not being in high school is in June and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I could have had like a master's degree in something by now, but oh well. That's there's a crazy al- thought. There's always time to go back to school. Yeah. Is that something you want to do? I mean, not normal college per se. Um cause, normal college per se. Yeah, like trade well, like normal college would be like uh like a university stuff like, like a that. standard four year exactly i'd rather do something like a trade um and specifically i've been looking at like doing nails like cosmetology being a nail technician because 
really easy schooling, not very expensive, and you can make a lot of money at it if you know how to play your cards right and if you're smart and also talented. Hello, <laughs> smart and talented, sitting right here. So, yeah. That would be cool. Right. We have a, we have a college here for that, don't we? Like a, we a do. beauty school? Okay. Frederick and Charles. Yeah. yeah. It's not too far away from Eureka High, actually. Oh, is it really? Yeah. It's weird because, like, it, looking at it from the outside, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's a beauty school. Because it, it looks like just a normal, weird building in Humboldt. So. I think I know a few people who went through that program. Yeah. And liked it. Um, Emily and Paige were two of the ones who went through it. Okay, yeah. 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 And I think they were in your graduating class. Yes. Or you're a, ahead of you, I'm not sure. No, I think they were in my class. Yeah. Just saw Emily the other night. Really? Go figure at the bar. How's she doing? She's doing great. I think. I don't know. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> you know what? Alcohol does something to you. you yes, know? that's but, a fact. Yeah, she. It was cool to see her again. I oh, haven't seen her cool. in a long time. But it's weird going to the seven oh seven because it's kind of like a little mini reunion. Literally, yeah. I always tell people that I'm like going to seven oh seven is literally like a high school reunion, and it's so funny the people that I see there and the secrets that I know about them. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, oh, ooh, if only I, if only I knew you wouldn't hate crime me, I would be blabbing my mouth. All over the place, because some of this is juicy, but you know what? That's a story for another time. Oh, man. That's a bar story. Old drama? Not not necessarily old drama, but old drama that became ironic in nowadays. Let's just say there are people who would bully me in high school that are now sliding up into my DMs and trying to get with me. I'm like, hmm. That's going to be a weird feeling. It is. It's It's like... I don't know. It's like somebody going and cutting you and then putting the Band-Aid on you as well. It's like, that's really weird. I don't like you doing this. It's it's That wasn't the best metaphor, but that's okay. No, that was intense. It, yeah. It's, Which it, I feel like is – I get the comparison, right? Cause... Well, to be fair, I'm a like literally a completely different person than I was in high school. Like I've quite literally transformed. Like I am the, in the middle of physically transforming. So – yeah, I've been on estrogen and testosterone blocker for seven, seven or eight months now. Oh, so wow. What is that like? It's so the it depends on the person who's taking it because it messes like it it has to do with like your genetic code and stuff. So like if you're like say for you, if you were to take estrogen and testosterone blocker, it probably wouldn't like have as much of a feminizing effect on you just because you're naturally a very masculine looking person. Um, But for me, it's like, I'm like a little bit like in the middle. So it's not like, it's not doing a whole lot, but it is definitely doing something, you know, but then there are other trans women who are naturally very feminine, like even before their transition, looking, sounding, acting, and they like transition and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't even be able to guess. So it's, it's different for everybody. But for me so far, it's been going really well. Um, I haven't had any issues um, or problems with it. So it's just popping some pills in the morning and at night and then I'm good to go. So. And I would imagine that when you start taking those has an effect too. Like if you're younger, like. Um, well. 
I like for younger individuals, the process is not as easy to get started with just because you are a child. You're still learning about like living. Um, but it definitely helped that I was like 20 and decided to start this transition quite literally um, because the doctors were like, okay, you, you know what you're doing. And also my doctors have known me for a really long time. Um, so they're like, yeah, this makes sense. And so they were just like, sign the prescription and I was good to go. And I was like, cool. Um, but for other people, it's not as easy. They have to do like psych, like psychiatric evaluations to like for a psychiatrist, psychiatrist to actually like see if they're like trans and stuff to like, see if that identity like lies within them and stuff. And it's, it's a whole roller coaster. And honestly, with everything going on in my life, I haven't been able to like research other people's stories a whole bunch more because not because I don't want to, but because like I don't want to put my expectations for my transition um, or set my expectations for my transition based on other people's experiences because I was told from the get-go everybody's experiences are different. So it's it's interesting, but there's a lot of different things that happen. So like there's female to male tr uh, trans individuals and then male to female. I'm male to female. But for male to uh, or for female to male, there are certain things that when they transition, um, you'd think like the reverse would happen for the other side of like being female to male or male to female, but they don't. So like, for example, um, for somebody who is female to male, when they're taking testosterone, it widens their vocal cords. And so their voice gets deeper and you'd think it would be the reverse for trans girls, but it's not actually. Um, so estrogen doesn't make your vocal cords tighter and make your voice higher. You have to like just train your voice to like sound more feminine. So it it's it's really interesting the differences between the two different uh the two different forms of transitioning or the two most common forms of transitioning because there are like trans non-binary individuals who will like kind of like float in between and you know gender's a spectrum I don't know what's going on on that spectrum I only live in my little bubble for right now um but you know so are the changes I was gonna say is it easier but I feel like are the changes more apparent when you're going from female to male just with testosterone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the changes are a lot more prominent. Um, well, I mean, it depends on what category you're looking in because there are like different things like that will change. So, for example, um, if you're transitioning from male to female, uh, you're body hair will become thinner, like a thinner consistency or texture and stuff. Um, you'll have less acne. Uh, and, uh, well, these are things that I've been experiencing. Um, and a whole, like, multitude of different things. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting to, like, see what, like, what things come with it. Because, like I said, I, I didn't look into it a whole lot. I just kind of like, this is what I want to do. This is who I am and I'm going to do it and just go for the ride, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't, well, I mean, that's not a good expression because, but for me, it was like, I don't like looking at a roller coaster before I go on it. I want to be surprised. You want to just do it. Yeah. I just want to do it. So, you know, 
And so you were taking testosterone blockers Mm -hmm. and estrogen. Correct. Okay. And they kind of work hand in hand in that um, just taking estrogen would create a more androgynous effect on somebody. Because you're both of those. Yeah, because okay. your body's naturally creating testosterone and you're also getting an estrogen supplement too. So you'd have both running around in your body. Um, but with the testosterone blocker, it's kind of like putting like putting a wall up or putting a dam up on the uh, flow and of like water and then letting the estrogen like do its thing, you know? So it like kind of like keeps the testosterone away. So that way the estrogen can just like kind of take over. Now, if you take it for long enough, will your body naturally stop producing testosterone? No. You'll have to continually take I have to. I have to take testosterone blocker and estrogen for the rest of my life. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't have to, but I want to. So yeah, none of this is like required because like it's not life threatening when it comes to like the physical health of a human being. And it's the same way with the surgeries and stuff too. That's why the surgeries for transitioning are so complicated and expensive because as you know, there are female to male trans individuals that we've gone to school with um, or people who have gone uh, in similar directions as to that. Um, I don't know what it is about Humboldt, but there's a lot of male to female or female to male trans individuals, like trans guys. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... I guess it's not really a culture you're particularly invested in. Well, I'm but I'm I'm not really surrounded I, like, by. Yeah, I do the podcast, I work out and I go to work. Like right. I don't really get Yeah. I'm not out hitting 707 or anything all the time to like right. run into a bunch of people. But um yeah, it's just like it's it's an interesting process and the surgeries are very like extensive it's not as easy to be able to because like pretty much the only place to have like gender affirming surgeries is at UCSF and they have a huge waiting list that can take like a year to two years for you to actually like have a surgery and then also like not all insurance companies cover it either so sometimes you like if you really want to do it you have to pay for the surgery yourself and so it's it's crazy it's a lot and so that's your plan is to to have the I'm guessing the bottom surgery is what you're referencing. Um personally, I don't know. That's like I don't know. I'm still figuring that all out, you know. But we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, I'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know who else is going to be seeing what happens. Hopefully not too many people. And so what what sparked this cuz last time we talked was this kind of in the back of your mind where you kind of thinking about yeah. doing this? So, okay. I came out uh, in March, I think, of this year, but I had been seriously thinking about it and accepting it for about a year before that Um, and just kind of like mentally preparing myself. And also when I first like started like really thinking about it the year before I actually came out, that was a time where like attacks on trans women and trans individuals were running rampant throughout the U.S. And, like, it still is. It's just not televised and stuff as much. But it was really, really bad then. And so I was honestly scared. I was, like, really nervous about, like, coming out and transitioning and stuff because I didn't know how people would react. And so I waited for a long time. And I wish I didn't because 
you know, I could have gotten a lot of this process done already. But in the, like, I'm, I'm glad that I, like, came out when I did, though, because I've been surrounded by nothing but support. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then those who don't support don't stick around very long. Not because they don't want to, but necessarily because I don't want them to. So. Well, yeah, you got to cut toxic people out of your life. Absolutely. Which a lot of people are not that good at. But I've noticed that, like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, life is too short to be caring this much about what other people feel and want. It's like, I am the most important person in my life. I need to take care of what I want and what I need and to do the best that I need for myself. And if I have room and the ability to help others, then I will. But I'm always the number one focus in my life. I think that's the secret to happiness right there. Absolutely. Because if you're trying to please everybody around you, (laughs) it's going to be a long road. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be very rough. But I'm I'm doing what's right for my for me, you know? And so you were thinking about this for a year before you kind of came out. Yeah, but I've had like I've had like mingling feelings of this ever since like middle school. Really? Yeah. They just never fully manifested themselves until about uh, like 2 years ago. Um And so but, what changed 2 years ago? So when I was growing up, there was like a four-year period before I started doing drag where I was like just expressing myself really femininely and like, I don't know, I, I just, I didn't have my identity on lock yet. And then I found drag and I was like, I was having all of these feelings of femininity and stuff and I found drag and I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is what those feelings were about. Um, and then I continued to do drag and I was having fun with it. And then those feelings kept coming back and back and back. And I was like, okay, so this is not what these feelings actually meant. And so I like continued to like look into myself and stuff and try to figure it out. And finally I was like, yeah, like I, I am a woman, like that is me. And so I started my transition process earlier this year and now I'm like just powering through it. Did you get a lot of hate when you when you announced it? No. Okay. Not when I announced it, but um as like I went in from the like from the LGBTQ dating world into like the straight dating world, that was a culture shock for sure. That was interesting um because like just I always heard like the horror stories and like the terror and fear that like all my cisgendered girl like friends had towards like guys and stuff and like all the stuff that they had gone through and I was like ah won't be that bad like the queer community is horrible too so it's like whatever like everybody's messed up but um I was not prepared I was like damn this is a different world this is a different ballpark different sport oh no meaning what like I just wasn't prepared for, like, the the customs of the straight dating world and how, like, straight guys act. Because, like, while, like, like I don't know, it's just so strange because the, the way that dating works in the LGBTQ world is so much different than it is in the straight world. Um, and, like, the expectations are different and stuff. There are some similarities, but 
it's it's pretty different and just like how they approach you how they come on to you how they approach me how they how dating is like dating is completely different like it's just like there's different facets to like everything involved and it's very strange but I think I've finally gotten a handle on it and I'm like right now I'm taking a break for myself figuring myself out trying to find my own place and just do me for a while and reground myself before I try to like find somebody else you know Mm -hmm. but it's uh yeah dating is weird yeah that's a fact right Mm -hmm. that's surprising i wouldn't have guessed so even from dating guys before it's still a change yeah because um because not a like i don't i don't know why very many people don't realize this but like as a trans woman you identify as a woman and i mean it like you can be a trans woman and still be attracted to girls and stuff which i am not personally i'm attracted to guys but therefore I am a part of the straight dating world because I'm not going to go after gay guys because I'm not what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in girls. So it's like, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's strange because it's like this one specific type that I was so used to going after before I came out as trans. is like now off limits. It's completely different. Yeah. Okay. You're in a different, it's kind of it's like, a different pool now. Yeah. It's like living in one house and then moving into another. Yeah. 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 It's like, Has, it's still a house, but it's a different It's one. a different house. Yeah. Has it been hard trying to, trying to find a partner? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's like, it's like all of the letters in LGBTQ are in a race to the finish line. And the finish line is acceptance on all fronts. Gay and lesbian has basically almost reached that finish line. Trans is lingering back in the back. They're not as far along in the race yet. And so, therefore, there's still a lot of uh, misunderstanding, uh, ignorance, known, like people not knowing things about it, people not knowing other trans individuals in their life. You know, it's, it's, it's weird because I was used to being accepted, um, like in the dating world I was in. And then now I'm in this new one where I'm not particularly like an interest of people, you know, um, and not for the right reasons, you know, because it's OK to not be interested in people if like you don't have anything in common or like the other person's an asshole and you don't want to be with them. But it's like. It, it's made me realize how, uh, how, like, the, like, it just backs up the situation of people wanting that instant gratification. Um, and it's very much the same in the dating world. Um. Meaning what? Like, they want, like, a supermodel who's, like, super thin and, or, like, uh, like, curvy in, like, that specific way and just, like, exactly the way that like it's in the magazines and stuff and trans girls aren't in those magazines there there are a few who are like incredibly attractive and have transitioned all the way which personally love them love that they're doing that but also it 
makes it harder for trans individuals who aren't at that point yet to be able to have the same recognition that they do um, because they're getting the spotlight. It's kind of like, um, like, uh, I can't think of a good comparison to make it make more sense, but it's, it's weird how the whole dating world works with being trans because it's like, I know that I'm attractive. I know that I'm a good person, but all of these guys are so hung up on what's in between my legs. And it's like, why though? Why though? Like, I understand you're attracted to certain things, but it's, it's like, I don't know. It's interesting. It, it shows me how, um, how many guys there are in the world who are so focused on the outer shell rather than what's on the inside, you know, how surface level, like a lot of guys are and how they won't actually invest their time and energy into somebody if they don't necessarily immediately find them attractive, you know, and I don't know. It's just, it's strange. It's weird. It's wild. But it's whatever. The right one will come eventually. Yeah. I'm good with waiting. Yeah. That's important. You don't want yeah. to settle. Yeah, no. That's that's a hard ball, right? Are the guys that are pursuing you, are they part of like the LGBTQ community? No. No. Um, there are people who like it's pretty easy to identify the people who like the guys who don't mind that I'm trans and the guys who are attracted to the fact that I'm trans. Kind of like fetishizing exactly being trans. Okay. And that I'm like, okay, like, yay, they're attracted to me, but it's not for necessarily the right reasons. It's not you because know? of you. No. It's like the idea of Exactly. You. And it links back to the whole like physicality part of it where they're attracted to a certain body type. And that's their, like, most important thing. And they don't care about, like, the personality or how good of, like, a connection we have, you know? They're just so hung up on the body, like the outer shell. Well, the outer shell, it does play a role, right? It does. But what I'm speaking of is the guys that I've connected with and talked to and had a good connection with and then the moment they like the moment i tell them that i'm trans lights out like they're like all right well good luck talk to you later bye and i'm like okay well there went uh some time that i could have used towards i don't know doing something else but it's it's frustrating i would imagine yeah because it's like, I understand I can, like, I could be passing sometimes. Like, there are times where I, well, I mean, not, like, physically, I look pretty feminine. I mean, I'd like to think so. Um, necessarily in my voice, I don't know if it's very, like, super, like, oh, that's, like, she's a girl. You know, like, it's it's pretty easily clockable that I'm a trans woman, which is fine with me. I don't care. Um because like I said, the right person will come eventually. It doesn't matter. But it's uh, like there are trans women who are more blessed than I am 
with being able to be uh, passable as a cisgendered woman. And it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I would imagine it would be, it would fuck with you a lot because it's like, especially if you are making connections with these people, it's like, okay, like we have this, this thing, like maybe a spark or like the inklings of a spark. And then this one thing comes across and it's like, okay, now it's shut. And it's like a constant. It fucks with my dysmorphia, my trust in people, uh, my ability to communicate with people. Like it messes with a lot of stuff. And I don't think people really realize that, but also like, I can't hold that against them because it's like, I like the the ones who, I can't hold it against the ones who are nice about it. There are there are guys who are like, you know what? Like it's just not my thing. I like I'm just it's just not my thing. They're like night like they're not an asshole about it to me. But there are definitely guys who are like, oh, you're a tranny, bleh. and I'm like, learn a new word. Like I, yeah, you don't have to be a dick about it. Exactly. Um, but like, it just links back to like you know what, we're all attracted to what we're attracted to, but it'd be nice if it wasn't so surface level all the time. Yeah, I see it both ways. It's a hard, it's a hard crossroad because surface level at that level, like that does make a difference, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you, how you look at it. But, like, I could see it fucking with you and, like, being hard. And, like, that's a side I don't know if a lot of people see. I didn't think about that prior to us just talking about it right now. I never really thought about the opposite side. Because, obviously, I wouldn't be a dick to somebody. If somebody came on to me and they were trans, I wouldn't be a dick about it. Right. But, obviously, some people are – some people are dicks just to be dicks. Yeah. And then also the other thing that's very frustrating is that when people are dicks to me – I can't be like, I can't really defend myself in the way that they're coming at me because they won't view that as like, they won't view that as like a girl defending themselves. They will view that as a trans individual defending themselves or um, that's not the right expression um, or way of phrasing it. But basically what I'm trying to say is that um, say like a guy comes on to a cisgendered girl and she's like like oh like get away from me I'm not interested um and like turns him down hella hard if a trans girl did that the like like nor a normal cisgendered girl she wouldn't have any issues with it or the guy wouldn't have any issues with it they'd be like oh that's just a girl but a like cisgendered guy in the role of like going after a trans girl and she defending herself like that too they'd be like oh that's a trans girl thing and they would like have that view towards all trans women because of their like I don't know it's really hard to describe and I've described it well before but for some reason I just can't right now um maybe third time around I'll be able to explain it better but yeah it's is it like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how it plays out Because if a girl rejects a guy, it goes one of two ways, right? The guy's nice about it or the guy's a dick about it. Yeah. I would imagine that kind of – that's kind of the same. Yeah. I I just don't think I use the right – like the right scenario for the situation I'm trying to explain to make it make sense. Is it – 
I could see it in the sense that like if a guy comes on to you, right, and mm-hmm. he knows you're trans and he's coming on to you and you reject him, I could see that taking a different light of him like flipping a switch and being like, oh, well, then fuck you. Like, yeah, is that kind of what you're talking that's, about. That's fairly similar to what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's like the the ability to stigmatize and start stereotypes towards trans individuals is a lot easier than it is to do towards cisgendered women, if that makes sense. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. That was a really good phrasing of it. Um, is that they like because we're a minority, it's easier to start and create um Wow, just said the word. Stereotypes. And, there you go. Stereotypes of of that uh yeah, of of trans individuals. Like it's just it's easier because there's not as many of us. And so they can just have that idea in their head of like, oh, that's how all trans individuals act because they don't interact with many trans individuals in their life. Oh, so you're feeling like you can't defend yourself because you don't want to get that branding of like I don't want to get that branding and I don't want to brand that onto other trans individuals. Okay. Yeah, if that makes sense. That's a heavy weight to think about. Yeah, because it's like I through my actions, I could get another trans individual hate crimed or possibly worse because I chose to act the way somebody else would act. Like you just have to think about for me personally, I have I choose to think about things a little bit differently because I see what's happening to my trans sisters and brothers in the world um, just because they choose to live their life the way that they want to mm-hmm. and the way that they need to to be themselves, you know? And so when you're talking to someone, is that like... It's part- one of the first things that I tell them. Is that, hey, this this is I'm like kind of what's going on. I'm like, hey, I'm trans. Are you cool with that? And it's it's it goes like... One of three ways. It's either they're not cool with it. Um, they they just want to hook up with me to hook up with a trans individual or they're cool with it. And it's usually the first two. So. Oh, well. It's probably safer, though, doing it that way, right? Oh, that absolutely. Coming out just yeah. right out of the gate. If any of my trans individuals, like friends are watching this, please tell the people that you were talking to, that you were trans before meeting them. Because that is how you, unfortunately, and it shouldn't be this way, but that is unfortunately how, like, hate crimes happen, is men will not realize that you're trans, and they will meet you, they'll figure it out, they'll get scared, and they'll turn to violence. That's how it nine times out of ten happens, unfortunately. And I always tell people, like, tell them that you are trans in the first place. I know you shouldn't have to. I know it shouldn't matter. But in the world we're living in still, it does matter. So. Yeah, just to be safe, right? Exactly. Because I could see it. I don't ever think there should be violence involved. Like, if you got somebody back to your place and you found out, like, you shouldn't. Well, what I think it stems from is them feeling like they've been tricked or forced to be with somebody they 
don't want to be with um, or like feeling trapped. Uh, I don't know. I'm not in their shoes. I'm just trying to think of like the most plausible plausible thing that they would think of in order to turn to violence. Um, but it's, yeah, just like tell them up front. It's, it keeps you safe. Easy as that. Yeah, because then everybody knows what, yeah, what they're getting into. Yeah, and because on online when you're texting somebody, you can't hear their voice, and that's usually like the number one giveaway, unfortunately, for is trans women is the voice because it's harder for us to transition our voices than our bodies. Um, like, there's no surgery to make your voice more feminine, or at least one that is convincing enough. Um, but again, everybody's different. Everybody wants to transition their own way, which is fine and understandable. Um, but it's over text. You don't get to hear the voice. It's not a dead giveaway. And mind you, I have that I'm trans also in my profiles, um, which are now deleted, not on dating apps anymore because I'm doing my own thing. But, um, they, I would have it in my profile. So that way the people who actually did read them would see it. But also, um, I would still like tell people and be like, if like, if they were interested in hanging out or something, I'll be like, well, just so you know, I am trans. Like, I hope you're cool with that. And that's when it either goes the one of three ways. So what is the reasoning behind not wanting to tell people? Is um, it just like that? Well, you shouldn't have to. Yeah. Is that line of thinking? Yeah. Because like you are like you every like, cause Everybody should accept who you are and who you identify as and if you're interested or in what you identify as. And if you're interested in somebody, then the like and you're talking and communicating and you like the pictures that you see online and stuff, the ident like that level of identity shouldn't matter at that point because you've already established that you're attracted to them by enjoying their pictures and matching with them. You've already started to have a conversation with them that's going well. And so the fact that that is a deal breaker doesn't always make sense be or rarely makes sense because you've established that you're attracted. You've had a good conversation. It's like, does that body part really hold that much weight in your evaluation of wanting to be with somebody? And you don't think it does? I don't think it should. If but. you were hooking up with somebody and they had female body parts, would that stop you? Like if you thought so, you – like say it was a trans guy, guy, which would be female to male. So I do have my types, you know. Um, I'm not attracted to femininity. So whether that comes as a uh, – like a – guy who's feminine i'm not attracted to that if that comes as a girl who's a girl i'm not attracted to that because i'm not attracted to that femininity if it's a trans guy then i am open to being with that person because sex isn't such a big factor in my life like it's not that important to me like it's like sex is great sex is awesome like glad to have it i enjoy it you know but it's not such a huge requirement especially when you know there are like 
sorry if your parents watch this, but they're like, <laughs> there are sex. Mom, to- stop listening. Yeah, there no, are, just kidding. There are like sex toys and stuff that you can use to make up for what is not there. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just, there are ways to make relationships work past just like that surface level of what body parts they have, you know? And I mean, when I say that I'm attracted to cer- a certain type of individual, I'm basing that off of who I get along with and who I'm attracted to the most um, out of the people who I have interacted with in my life so far. I haven't interacted with every single person on this earth yet. I don't know. There could be a girl that comes along and I'd be like, okay, let's see how this goes. But so far, that has not come yet. So therefore, I can't like hold that stern like no girls yeah like this is the line no girls ever like i can't like that doesn't make sense because i haven't met all girls on in the world you know so i don't know but everybody thinks differently everybody has different views and opinions um obviously as we've learned throughout the course of the past year and a half almost two years almost two years um, so it's, I don't know. I like, I'm just another one of those people who's firm in their beliefs, but. Which isn't a bad thing. People no. have beliefs. It's just being opened, you know? Totally. It's interesting that I've only ever heard the, you know, the body parts don't matter thing. Um, I've only ever heard that argument from people like in that, in the LGBTQ community. Right. I've never heard that from anybody who. Is not in that community, I guess. Yeah, because, well, I am a part of the LGBTQ community because I am trans, but. Is that weird to say, like, part of that community, like. I mean, kind of, because it's like, like, like I said, it's like going from one house and, like, moving into another. Yeah. But I'm still. Like, you're still just you. But I'm still able to go over to that house and, like, hang out for a while, you know? Um, But it's, it's different because, like, I am a, it would be different if I was attracted to girls. Because then I would be a trans woman who is also a lesbian as well. But I'm not. In general. Again, haven't met every girl on the planet yet. Yet. I loved how I said that just instinctively. Um, like I'm going to. Sure. But um, yeah. I So like there's nobody other than trans men in or uh, like non-binary individuals. Trans or non-binary individuals are like who ident like non-binary who are masculine are like really the only people in the lgbtq community that i would realistically see myself being with um but so therefore my main like mo is the straight community like i'm just like any other wild girl at the bar who's like hey you're hot let's hang out let's chat you know but and so you're attracted to masculinity indeed yeah do you think it would be wrong if someone said that like their quality oh this is not gonna sound right but you gotta bear with me because i'm i'm processing an idea here would it be wrong if somebody said oh i'm attracted to people who have the anatomy of of a of a cisgendered female no not at all okay that with my whole points of this situation is people who 
don't say that. Okay. Um, so like, or people who haven't actually tried, you know, like, like I was saying, I've established a good connection with you. I've like, we've like, we've talked for a while. You like my pictures. I like your pictures, but the whole, like, and there's, there like, there's somebody who has not tried like being with a trans woman, but they're so firmly set on not being with the trans woman just specifically because of that body part. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But if they were to say like, oh, I just like, I'm addicted to vagina. I don't know. (laughs) However, they, (laughs) wherever they want to, however they want to say it. I'm like, you know what? If you're attracted to that anatomy, that is cool because I don't have that. But if you say you're attracted to girls, mm-hmm. hello, like I am a girl. So it's... I, I ask that because I've heard people say that, oh, if you're not attracted to people who have transi- transitioned, then you're transphobic. I don't know if I know that. that's that's not true. Yeah, that's a little bit if, out there. If you say that you are like attracted to girls, but you wouldn't date a trans woman just because of the anatomy she has that is transphobic if you say you're attracted to girls if you don't specifically say you're attracted to vaginas exactly because in that sense you are stripping the uh the woman from a trans woman by doing that because you say you're attracted to girls and trans women are women. So if if you say you're attracted to girls and you will not be with a trans woman, a trans woman is still like a woman, a girl. So therefore, if you phrase it that way, that is a transphobic way of saying it. You're like taking them out of the category of being a woman. Exactly. If you say that you are attracted to women with cisgendered anatomy, like who have a vagina and stuff like that, then that is understandable. That is not transphobic because the factor of being trans is not in that like scenario. Would it be transphobic if they had the surgery to match whatever they identified as? And then you said... Well, yeah, because then you're just like, because a trans woman who's fully transitioned and had that surgery doesn't have the body part that you're so afraid of, Mm -hmm. you know? I like how you said that, that you're so afraid of. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know. I, I get the, the grouping aspect of it for sure. Cause you're like, you're, they're trying to assimilate or be embraced in the group that they're saying this, Hey, I'm a part of this group. Right. And then you're saying, well, you're not really a part of this group and you're like pulling them out. Because if you really think about it, when it comes to a, like when it comes to hooking up and you say like, Oh, I, I'm not into hooking up with trans girls. That's different than saying, I don't want to be in a relationship with trans girls because then that's just boiling your relationship down to just sex. Because if you're not interested sexually in trans anatomy, that shouldn't 
block you completely from being in a relationship because that's very shallow. That's just saying like, oh, like that's making, well, I mean, sex is important to a lot of people. I get it. But for me personally, I mean, I'm like, I'd rather just hang out and like get to know somebody than like fuck the shit out of them. It doesn't have to be purely physical. Exactly. And it's like a relationship should be more than just physical. I definitely should be. If your relationship It's important. Yeah, if it's just physical, that's a problem. But if there's yeah. no physicality, that that's kind of a problem too. Exactly. But if you're looking for a long-term situation, then turning somebody down when all the other factors are there that you like that you enjoy, like good connection, uh ex like with clothes on, you think they're attractive because, you know, they're not attracted to a person with a dick. Um like with clothes on, they're attractive and you like talking to them, you like hanging out with them, stuff like that, then that shouldn't like with all those factors as a plus, but then just that one single negative, I find it, I personally find it shallow that that one negative defeats all of those positives. But again, that's just how I operate when it comes no, to yeah. relationships because I invest more than just the sexual aspect into relationships so it's a hard point and we're in a weird time where like it's the battle of ideas mm -hmm. in a weird way totally and battle of just just humanity in a weird way yeah not to extrapolate it to some huge level but it is it is a thing i don't know if it's I don't know because I get it. I get if someone was said, you know, I'm not attracted to trans people and I wouldn't interpret that as transphobic, but I'm not trans. So I don't yeah. know. That's like somebody saying, oh, that's not racist. And then somebody from that group being like, oh, this was kind of racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't even know how to put what I'm thinking into words because it's, I don't think that this is really bad phrasing, but it's kind of funny, but it's not as black and white as racism. Like it's like, well, racism is not black and white either, but yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that racism is absolutely black and white, but transphobia isn't as like, isn't as clear and identifiable at this moment as racism is but is it transphobic if you're not attracted to trans people or is it just like you're like how you're attracted to masculine energy wouldn't it kind of be the same thing like oh i'm attracted to i guess it all boils down to the way that you communicate it and the way that you phrase it which makes sense because if yeah. you're a dick about it then you're just your dick exactly because if you're going around telling people oh yeah i love girls like i look like i love fucking bitches and it's like, but you don't include trans individuals, like trans women, in that same sentiment, then that doesn't make sense. But if you say, I am attracted to women that have cisgender anatomy, then therefore, that is not transphobic because you are not, because the trans, like, the category of being trans exists in the category of being a girl. Um, but 
the category of trans does not exist in the category of having cisgendered anatomy. So therefore, the two don't correlate. But if you say that you're attracted to girls and that you're not interested in trans girls, then therefore they correlate and like having those two same things is like a double negative. Or something like that. I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Everybody can have their own views. I don't care. But for me, that's my views. Yeah. So. That's interesting. I don't know how. Because like, so for example, if I was like, when I'm at the bar, if I'm talking to a guy, mm-hmm. I'll bring up that I'm trans. And if, and if they say like, oh, I'm only attracted to girls, I'll be like, well, hello i'm a girl and and then like that's kind of like me trying kind of to like a make slap them, in the face it's me trying to make them specify further so that way the comments like that don't come off so transphobic because if they said that like saying that that is like to a trans woman's face that is transphobic because you're like oh i'm only attracted to girls i am a girl would it be Better or worse if they said, I'm not attracted to trans people, whatever way. Would that be a better thing to say or a worse thing to say? I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I think for that specific thing, I wouldn't mind if they said, I'm not attracted to trans women. Hmm. That I would be fine with. But like, I think the best way to phrase it would be like, like, I don't know. That that's a good way to phrase it, I guess, in my book. But again, I can't speak for the entire no, yeah, I'm not a, uh, yeah, I don't trans even, community. Yeah. Um, and that goes for this entire conversation <laughs> that we've had. Yes, you were not the spokesperson no, for, for being I am trans. not the mascot. Yeah. But um yeah, it's I don't know, dating world's weird. Dating's weird for everybody. Dating's weird for everybody. How's dating for you? <laughs> oh. As you um, know, I, I told you, I've seen you on Tinder before. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. Yeah, I got to delete it. Uh-huh. It's not my thing. Right. It's just not my show. How do you feel about dating in Humboldt? I feel like it's not my show. Right. It's weird because you see people from high school on there and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a little weird. Yeah. But then you see, it's just... It's just weird. I don't think... We're talking about 707 being a high school reunion. No, yeah. it's Tinder. Yeah. It's Tinder. The, the home ground. It's yeah. weird. I think dating in your hometown is weird. Because you have like these preconceptions about people that you... And everybody knows knew. you. Yeah. So therefore, it's like, if you wanted to date somebody, but you didn't want everybody to like know immediately, because it's like, oh, I don't know if I actually want to be with this person for a long time, but you do want to date them to, like, figure it out, you know? Because you don't know if you actually have genuine feelings for somebody, like, right that moment. It doesn't always work that way. So sometimes you just kind of want to, like, date somebody in the background and not have the whole world know. But you can't do that in the town that you live in. Yeah, word travels fast. Yeah, it does. I've never really Especially tried to bait- for me because yeah, everybody knows me. Yeah, that's a good point. I've never tried to date anybody in the background, I guess, per se. I mean, you keep it low-key, but then are you really dating? Right. That's what you're talking about is when it's like, okay, it's a little under the table. 
Right. But like what I'm saying is like keeping it low key from like the people that know you really well and would be like, oh, you're like in a relationship with somebody. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, tell me all about her. And you don't necessarily want to do that because one, you either don't know a whole lot about her yet. Two, you like you don't know if you're going to be with this person for a long time. So you don't necessarily want everybody knowing yet. So it's like, yeah, that's like you're still. Yeah. You're still, like, trying to figure it out. And then it's always awkward when you're, like, out on a date with somebody and then, like, somebody you know comes up and's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm on a date. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. Or you know? you're you're talking with somebody and then, you know, time passes and you're talking with somebody else and then they're like, yeah. oh, I thought you were with this other person. And you're yeah. like, no. I mean, I no. absolutely would not date in this town if we didn't have HSU. Because HSU is kind of like the magnet for people from out of town to come here. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's nice at least. But honestly, at this point, I've been like itching to get back down to San Francisco now that I'm 21 and I can actually like go out to bars and meet people. That's another thing that I wanted to say. When you don't go to college, especially in Humboldt, when you don't go to college from the ages of 18 to 21, there is no way to socialize. There is no way to make new friends whatsoever yeah it's hard without the bar scene right yeah and it's hard when you're not in college either yeah because you're not surrounded by a bunch of people all the time like sure you can make friends with the people that you work with but that's still a relatively small pool exactly and also like being friends with the people you work with no thanks i mean sorry if any of my coworkers (laughs) watching this but um yeah i mean i it's definitely harder out of high school yeah but also like i work with people who are so far removed from like my type of life and it's like I just don't associate or like I don't have any uh I don't have anything in common with any of them because they're like one's like 30 something with four kids and one's like like 60 and I'm like I don't have anything in common with you guys but we have the same job so I'll keep it friendly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny seeing, because that link, like this whole conversation about dating links back to that situation that I was talking about where people I went to school with who could be so far removed from being interested in me are all of a sudden, now that I'm a woman, are like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, you want to go get a drink sometime? And I'm like, you called me a faggot in high school. Why would I want to get a drink with you? Like, that's not cool. Why are you hitting on me now? You know who I am. Do you call them out on that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really funny because they're like, yeah, but like, I feel bad and I want to make it up to you. And I was like, do you feel bad? Because if you did feel bad, you would have felt bad a long time ago. High school, man. Mm-hmm. It's a weird time. And it's weird. It's it's a hard sell because people do grow up and people yeah. do change. But in the context of this situation, though, not the way to go about it. Yeah. If we map like so, for example, there are individuals who have bullied me in high school or middle school, elementary school, whatever. And then I see them on Tinder and I recognize them. I match with them to be petty and to just make them think they can. And then I'm like, so... I, like, I get out, like, I turn into, like, uh, interrogation mode. I'm like, so, why did you match with me today? What is it that has changed? And then I, like, 
pull it out of them. And I'm like, mm-hmm, it's because you're attracted to me now all of a sudden. And you think that everything that happened in the past can just instantly vanish all because of that. No. I don't know. That's just that's just how I feel about it. No, that's not bad. I mean, if people are – I have kids – well, I'm weird in the sense that I have people that were assholes to me, but, like, I'm cool with them now because mm-hmm. I just don't have the energy to, like – but there's a difference right. between somebody just being an asshole to you and someone like attacking. Totally, who you are. and also there's a difference between being cool with somebody after like them and like, like wanting to you. date them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a different bar. And I'm like, and, like try to have a relationship and like be open with them after them being a piece of shit. It's kind of rough. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, mm, that's a little sus. A little sus, my friend. Humble's hard. Humble's a hard dating scene. But. I will say there's one individual that we went to school with that I did hook up with just to be petty. I can't say who I was it is. Say. <laughs> I can't say who it is. I won't. Just to be petty. I have a feeling they watch this too. So if you're watching, you know who you are. Oh, damn. But. Just to get, and they were an asshole to you yeah. back then. Don't worry. I don't think that you're friends with this person. I don't think it's any of your okay. friends. But. Well. Um, that wouldn't bother. It would bother me if they were an asshole. That would bother me. Right, but it's uh, it was interesting. It was pretty funny. And you did it just to kind of like drive the knife in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're like you're a little. I'm like I have shit. this. I have this power over you now. Like your attraction to me is my power. Because they were attracted to you now that you've. It's like being a supervillain. It's like <laughs> it's like like this is where I get my power source from. Is the individual who used to be the villain and is now the victim per se but that's just my comical dark humor yeah. coming out so do you feel and no the sex was not good okay i was that was going to be my next question that kind of sucks then i mean did you mm-hmm. get anything out of it I other mean, than just the information of oh look what i don't know that seems I I will say that they are a lot more attractive than they were in high school. So it wasn't as it wasn't as bad as like, oh, like because like who? Well, I mean, there is kind of like a fetish for being attracted to like the people like who bullied you in high school. I know that. that Well, there's like that weird stigma right of like. That's not how the it is girl, for me. Like the girl in high school who's overweight and then nobody talks to her and then she All gets out of high school. Yeah, hot. she's hot. Yeah. And everyone's trying to bang her and she sleeps with the I'm guy. I'm the LGBTQ the version of that. So There we go. Okay. Yeah. Now that we drew that tangent, I can see it. Okay. Yeah. Did you feel like you... It feels like a Disney movie. Yeah? Yeah. It's like... Or like uh, one of those like teen drama shows, you know? That are so overly produced, and it's like this is this would clearly never happen in real life, and also but it like did. why do all of these high schoolers look like they're in their twenties? You know, that's what my life feels like right now, and it's so much fun. And this was pretty recent. Yeah, okay. within the last year. Damn. Yeah, because I only came out as trans like yeah eight With months. Eight months ago. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So. Damn. Best part is is that this person is in a relationship. And it wasn't the same relationship when this happened. So. Damn, look at you. You're kind of just stirring the pot over there a little bit, huh? Yeah. Just to cause a little bit of chaos. Yeah. Okay. I literally was talking to my friends. I Like, there's this group chat of, like, a bunch of girls. If any of you guys are watching this, thank you. But um, uh, there's this group chat of girls that I'm all friends with. 
And um, I literally told them, I was like, uh, earlier, I was like, I'm feeling very chaotic today. I want to, like, I'm going to cause problems on purpose today, just for fun, just to stir the pot. That's the Aries in me. I'm Vir Virgo is my sun sign. Aries is my moon sign. And so it's like the dichotomy of, uh, of control and chaos. Listen, you're talking to somebody who has no idea about any of the astrological. Signs. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I can see how dating in Humboldt for you would be very hard now, not well, knowing dating, anything about yeah. astrology, because <laughs> That's everybody my biggest is hang like, up. everyone's like, what's your sign? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I leave. Rocks and stones yeah. and well, that, witch and hazel. When you date somebody, like you have their energy, like that chaotic energy, that's in some people and that scares me too. And it's like, I don't need drama or like i try to right. keep my life pretty simple for me it's not necessarily drama it's more like because i don't dwell on it yeah it, it doesn't like it doesn't lurk me or uh it doesn't like follow me around you know it's not eating away at you. no exactly and it's not a constant thing either it's just like i feel like having a little bit of fun and not the best way some days and it it never involves the people that i actually care about like people i actually care about and enjoy hanging out with i'm like okay Crazy sky. Just know these people are off limits. Don't bother them. They're good people. Just mess with the bad ones. And then bad sky is like, okay, good to know. Everybody's got to have boundaries, right? Yeah. So you're kind of setting these little guidelines for yourself. Of, okay. Mm -hmm. We're feeling a little chaotic. The, these I'm are the, the good targets. I'm these the, the anti-hero. Okay. Yeah. I'm the one who, who will be bad to the bad guys. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Some people like that. Some I'm the anti-hero. Yeah. Every story needs one. Right. I'm like Deadpool. Or uh, who else is an anti-hero? Cruella. I don't know Deadpool. Oh, you Cruella say Cruella? I don't know if she was. In the new movie. I haven't I... seen the new one. Oh, with yeah. uh, Emma Stone? Yeah. You was should it watch good? it. It was really good. She's a good actress. She is. And it was a really good movie. They like they set it up like a Marvel movie. It was so cinematically attractive. Oh, I got to see like, it. They, they didn't flake out on it. Like, this was a good movie. And they set Cruella up to be more of an anti-hero. Um, and they also, like, changed the story a bit to make it more PC. Since, you know, killing puppies isn't really cool. Oh, she's not killing puppies in this one? No. Oh, spoilers. Oh, I feel like that takes away from the movie now. Well, there's this... I can't give it away. I'm going to have to but, watch it. I'll watch yeah. it and then we'll reconvene and be like, okay. If you have Disney we'll Plus, it's on there for free now. I don't. I got to get it. That's sad. I got a cave just for like the Mandalorian and all the Marvel stuff. Oh my God. Speaking of Star Wars, Dune, it isn't related to Star Wars, but. I haven't seen Dune either. Oh my God. Is it good? So good. They're literally setting it up to be like the next Star Wars. Oh, and... it's going to be a franchise. I thought it was just a standalone oh, movie. Oh no, they're ha they fully set this movie up to be like, all right, here's like. Here's the pilot for an entire series of movies. That's basically how it, they set up the first movie. And the first movie was great. Costume design, incredible. Acting, awesome. This is the first time I've ever seen a father and son dynamic that was actually believable in a movie. Well, that's a hard bar. It is. Because normally it's like, these people are clearly not related, you know? But, like, there was enough of that, like, contrast between the two to like be individual characters on their own, but you can still see that like relationship between the two of them that I don't know how they did it, but it worked really well. Um, and like 
the lore behind it is really cool. And also, if you've read the books, like, the books are really good. Um, Mostly because the person who wrote them, like, went crazy while writing them. Um, Like, literally crazy. Uh, And I think he died before he finished them. How Um, many books are there? Oh, God. I think there's, like, six or eight. Oh, shit. Okay, so quite a few. Mm -hmm. And the story, oh, my God, the story just goes on into, like, all these different things. Because, like... The the Star Wars universe, it like it like the first part was like a certain era and then there's like the next era. Um and like there isn't like a whole lot of time in between like the eras of Star Wars. Um, like in the actual like lore of it, you know? Um, but with this, like it goes on into like the main character's, like, grandson's grandson. Like, it goes far. Like, in the books, at least. I don't know what they're going to do with the movies. But also, Zendaya did incredible. The uh, Jason Momoa's in it, too. Oh, I didn't know he was in it. Yeah. Yeah, he did really well. Um, the mother was... She played a character in a horror movie, I think. But I can't remember which horror movie. But she did really well. I liked her character. But yeah, it's they're setting this up to definitely be like the next Star Wars. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah. Really good. If you want to stream it, HBO Max. Yeah. But it's still in theaters. I oh, think. okay. So. I got to see that. I've been yeah. meaning to see that one for a minute. It's good. It's worth it. It's got the seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sold. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to try to franchise it. I thought it was just going to be a standalone movie. No, I didn't even know there were multiple books. I thought it was just the one. The movie only came out a month ago, and they've already confirmed that the second one is coming. Oh, so it probably did really, really well. Yeah. Oh, it literally, like, it, like, broke records, I believe, for, like, box office. Um, Which is ironic, because the new Marvel movie did not do very good, I heard. No, Marvel's, I, is, now that, like, the whole, like, Avengers thing... Is kind of over, like the end game situation was done. I think now Marvel is kind of like on its way out. Oh, you think they're slipping? I think so. And becoming the DC universe. Yeah, can't wait for all of the Marvel individuals who watch this to just be like, "How dare that you woman don't know say what you're that?" Talking yeah, about. and I'm like, just come in for the comments. Exactly. Well, I heard. Yeah, I heard Eternal. That's what it's called, right? Eternals. Eternals. Yeah, I heard it was not very good. I think it's just that they're trying to pump out so many different things so quickly that they're not actually putting in, like, the real time and effort that needs to go into them to make them really good, you know? Which is weird because they did such a good job with everything before it. Like, they dedicated a lot of time. I even mm-hmm. heard Shang chi That was good. Yeah, I heard that was good. They filmed most of that in San Francisco, actually. Oh, did they really? They did. I didn't know that. Yeah, over in uh, Chinatown and some other parts of San Francisco. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that was good. And then Eternals just flopped. It was like a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was, I don't know. It was, I, I, I kind of fell off the Marvel train, but I remember when the first Iron Man came out and that was like revolutionary. I remember when Green Lantern came out. And it was that trash. Was horrible. Oh my God, that was... That was like a 180. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Lantern was so bad. Yeah. Everything yeah. was so bad. The acting was not up to par. Nope. The The uh, graphics were 
laughably bad. Yeah, the bad. special effects were not good. Oh my god. Yeah, it was interesting. And then I think... Um, remember Avatar? That was like the first 3D movie ever. Yeah, James James Cameron. Yeah, the like Avatar, Avatar, not like Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, but, yeah. Um, I believe the... There's a new one coming out soon. I think it's like 2023? Something like that. Yeah. Or Which uh, that was, next it's year, been, I what, think. 10 years in the making? When did Avatar come out? Oh, God. Uh, I think like 2008, 2009. Yeah. Something like check that. Because I remember being pretty young when it came out. So that's probably 12 years. What's nice about being born in 2000 is that like... Whenever I'm talking about a year, I know exactly what year age I was. 2000, baby. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old, man. Right. I'm getting old. Two years older than me. It doesn't get any better. Watch out for those next three years. Right. We'll see what it's happens. All downhill after 21. That's what everybody told me. And I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's not true. Yeah. Well, I'm finally at the age where I can audition for Drag Race. Okay, the RuPaul thing. Yeah. I think we talked about that last time. We did. Yeah. And um, auditions literally like just opened uh, two weeks ago. Oh, shit. So we'll see what happens. I can neither confirm or deny if I'm auditioning or not because if if I do, then I can get in trouble. But Oh, um, you can get in trouble for saying that you did. Yeah, because oh. that could break a future NDA. Oh, that they would have you sign mm-hmm. for it. Want to know how much it is if you break an NDA? Twenty thousand dollars. Two million. Damn. Two wow. Million, two million dollars if you break the NDA. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money mm-hmm. from them. Two million dollars. Yeah. Yikes. Would it be breaking it if you said it beforehand though, before you signed the contract? Yeah. It would be. They mm-hmm. still count that. Because if, um, this has happened in the past where people have auditioned and then they've said that they've auditioned like publicly online and it's basically a one-way ticket to not getting casted oh yikes Mm -hmm. because while you're on the show you like they strip you of all forms of communication yeah that's what you said right they block you out from the outside world Mm -hmm. and so because they they necessarily like don't want people to know that you are doing it but then also it's counterproductive because that kind of shines a spotlight on you because if you're exactly if you're like all of a sudden i've disappeared from social media completely for like three months and so kind of a giveaway just a little bit like it's i think they do that on purpose so that way it gives like the reddit people something to do for a while before the season actually comes out because they build tension in a weird way yeah and like sleuthing and stuff and it's like uh yeah interesting but Dragula, on the other hand, which is like the horror version of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, they do a really good job at keeping their cast under wraps because there was a few members on this current season, season four, that was that just started four weeks ago that nobody actually knew were on, like beforehand, that nobody guessed was actually on. So that was really refreshing in comparison to Drag Race where, like, the moment that filming is over, you know exactly who's on the season. So it's 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 cool to have like something in the drag world where you're like, oh, I have no idea who's gonna be on. So is that something you're thinking of applying to 
as well? Dragula is way too intense. Okay. Way too intense for me. Um, their elimination challenges are not just lip syncing. It's like uh, one of them was like you were buried alive six feet underground while they poured like water and bugs and So like Fear dirt. Factor style. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Um, another was uh, you were strapped to an electrical device and uh, whoever could take the most amount of shocks before giving up like got to stay. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see like, why that might not be up to snuff. No. And there was one extermination challenge in specifics that I would absolutely not be able to do. And it was whoever could take the most amount of piercing needles in their body at one time. And it was like piercing needles like in your chest, like in your arms. They would cross them. So like one would go in this way and they would do another one right over top of it in the opposite direction. They would do different gauged needles. So they would be like bigger ones and smaller ones. And just, like, a whole lot of... And people are going through with that. Yeah. But this season... So, I, I didn't understand why people would go through that with uh, go through with that in the previous seasons because the prize money was only, like, 25000 Um, But this year, it's finally 100000 which is the same as Drag Race. So Yeah, but to get stabbed with needles? Well, I don't it's, know if it's not 100000 would, take, it's, would put me on that. It's not necessarily about the prize money. It's more about like the money you'll be able to make after being on the show because getting onto these shows is kind of like a trampoline into like you're like getting yourself on the successful map. life. Exactly. Yeah, where you have like a spotlight on you and you're like C-list celebrity basically. Well, that's how it is for Drag Race because like the girl who won Drag Race, she got $100,000, but she's been like walking in like uh runway shows for like rihanna and fenty and like big designers and all kinds of things and just living like this super successful life going to the met gala like all kinds of crazy stuff like that and so it's like it's not necessarily about the prize money it's more about what you do with being on that platform so and they love anybody can be for Drag Race, they're becoming a lot more inclusive. Like um, this current season of Drag Race UK had a cisgendered woman competing. So like born a girl, identifies as a girl, and is a drag queen. She she competed on the season. Um, trans women are competing on the season. A trans woman actually just won the most recent season of All Stars, um, which was really cool. And um, she's the first American trans winner. Uh, there was a trans winner on uh, Drag Race Thailand. But um, yeah, and they're becoming a lot more inclusive. Uh, Dragula is incredibly inclusive, like from the get-go. Like Dragula will cast drag kings, drag queens, uh, cisgendered women, cisgendered guys, uh, uh, trans women, trans men. Uh, drag, uh, drag Race... Getting to that point because they realize like, oh, it's kind of counterproductive to be the biggest thing in the LGBTQ world, like in the LGBTQ pop culture world, but not be as inclusive as the rest, you know? So. Yeah, it seems like that hurt them a little bit. And that's what it is. That's what it's been doing Put over the past few years. Yeah. So that pressure has made the producers be like, okay, we need to not just follow how RuPaul feels, you know, because RuPaul has said very transphobic things in the past. 
and stuff, but you're not there for RuPaul, you know? Like, sure, it's called RuPaul's Drag Race, but the show is owned by World of Wonder. Is RuPaul the a guy? I feel like we talked about this last time, too. Yeah, RuPaul identifies as a guy. Okay. Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, over COVID, um, RuPaul... So, normally, RuPaul's makeup is actually done by a girl who was on Drag Race on the second season. Her name is Raven. And um, so, RuPaul's makeup is done all by Raven. And so, over COVID and stuff, like, when the lockdowns were really serious and stuff... Um, RuPaul wasn't able to get into makeup because she hasn't done her own makeup in years. And so it was really funny to see these situations on the show where she would normally be in makeup, like for the, fin- for the grand finale, which was live, um, for season 13, she was like, normally she would be in full drag, but she wasn't because she didn't have access to her makeup artist, which is funny because it's like, wow, the number one drag queen in the world can't do her own makeup when she, like, on her show preaches about, like, knowing how to do hair and do makeup and sew outfits and stuff like that, and she does none of that. So, Is RuPaul trans? No. No. Tra- uh, RuPaul identifies as a guy. Identifies as a guy? Yeah. Is, is biologically a guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because you said she doing makeup, and was that the in reference to the makeup artist being a she? Uh, I whenever I talk about like a drag queen and identifies as a drag queen, I you she okay that that threw me off because I was like, wait a minute, is this because that would be pretty stupid if yeah it was RuPaul was trans and then didn't want trans people on the show. I was like that yeah no that RuPaul isn't trans okay no RuPaul is a very interesting person like one of the biggest people in the LGBTQ world yet owns like a fracking industry in Wyoming. Weird. Huh. Weird. Very country thing to do. But and fracking sure. in itself is weird. Uh-huh. To be involved in fracking, period, is, yeah. is a little weird. It's very suspicious. Very weird. Um, huh. To each their own. I'm like... You'll have to ask him about that when you're on the show. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'll do it or not. We'll see. That's cool, though. That would be exciting. Yes. But if I do do it, you won't know. We won't know. Well, I'll just check in me. With, with the Reddit sleuths. Right. We'll see if I can be like, hey, who, who's going to be on this season? Right. Yeah. You're I, doing something else with, with drag here locally, too, aren't you? Yeah. Like, I was talking with Felicity, and yes. she said something about Spectral Productions, I believe. Yes. That is the, like, drag company that I, like, own or whatever. Uh, that I, like, uh, before COVID, hosted and operated my own show, which was that show over in Old Town. Um, now that COVID has happened and stuff, I haven't been able to do it. But um, over the past week, um, I went to Humbrews for the first time. And normally, Club Triangle does shows with Humbrews and did shows with Humbrews before COVID happened. Club Triangle has been super over the top about being safe with COVID and stuff, understandably, to each their own. Personally, I don't think the problem is going out and having fun. I think the problem is people not getting vaccinated. Um, because, like, like if you're not vaccinated, then you are the problem. It's not if you're going out and having fun. Because, like, if everybody's vaccinated, then there's nothing for the – there's nobody for the vaccine to latch on to. 
you know? And then the, 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 uh, just like polio and all that, it'll just die off and it won't happen a whole lot, you know? But that's my personal views on it. Um, but get vaccinated y'all. Um, anyways, uh, but, uh, Humbrews, they, uh, they were like, I went there and had dinner and stuff. And one of the employees recognized me from doing my drag and stuff. And they were like, we would love to start doing shows again. Like we want you to do your show here. And I was like, oh, hell yes. Because like Humbrews has an incredible venue. I don't know if you've ever been there. I haven't. Oh, you would love it. It's a great venue. It doesn't feel like it would be somewhere in Humboldt. Like it's one of those businesses where you're like, I don't feel like I'm in Humboldt County right now. I feel like I'm in the Bay Area or something like that. Is it like a tap room? It's um, it's like a bar restaurant okay. type thing. Um, and it's just very cool. And then like you walk in, you see the venue, you're like, okay, cool. Like this is a restaurant. And then there's like a door on the side of the right wall and you go in and it's like a whole like concert venue basically. And that's where the drag shows and stuff would happen. But it's, it's very cool to, um, to like know that they're interested in doing a show. So I'll be working with them. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I'll be working with them upcoming to try to get that going again. So, well, and that's then, exciting. Yeah, and then uh, I've done three shows since COVID started uh, at Septentrio Winery in Arcata, which has been really fun. Uh, best, like best business ever. I love them to death. Um, so supportive, so cool. Tynell, the owner, she's amazing. Um, for our Halloween show, I literally was like. I want to do this stunt, but I don't know if like you'd be cool with it because like, but I will do anything uh, like I need to in order to like for you to be cool with it, um, which was pouring like a gallon of fake blood on myself in the middle of the performance. Um, and she was like, uh, because we were doing the show outside, like outside of their venue in their little like uh, uh, outdoor area. She was like, oh, I don't care. Like, go for it. Like, do it. Have fun. I want you to look as cool as possible. And she said, like, hell, I'll even, like, rent a power washer the next day to get the stains out of the cement if I have to. And I was like, cool. Excellent. So been doing shows there, and that's been really, really fun. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing them, like, every other month. So it's not that frequent, which is unfortunate. It would be great if it was, like, once a month. But that's what I'm hoping to do with my show is for it to be once a month at Humbrews. So... We'll see what happens. Any idea when the next one might be? Or it's still um, too, the next, little too early for them? The next show with Septentrio will be in December, I believe, December 12th or 13th, something like that. Or December 11th. 11th, 12th, or 13th, something like that. I know it's a Sunday, so, yeah. I'll have to check that out. That yes. would be cool. Yeah, should be fun. Um, but every single show, it sells out so fast Mm -hmm. um and this time we did pre-sale tickets online and those sold out pretty fast too and so like and there was like literally a line around the block that the venue is on like for people wanting to get in to see the show and like within like i don't know 20 minutes like all the like all the in-person tickets like at the door were sold and like it was just packed. There were so many people. It was so cool. Yeah, that's gotta be awesome. And I it mean, was outdoors. People are ready for it to come back. Yeah, and it was outdoors, so it was very safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really cool. Oh, well, that's exciting. Yeah. 
What made you – did you reach out to Humbers? Is that kind of how you got no, connected they, with them? No, um, they – I just went there to go have dinner with a friend, and one of the employees came up to me and recognized me and mentioned that they wanted to start doing shows again and stuff and that they wanted me to do it. And I was like, cool, excellent. Yeah, I'm down. So I'll be in communications with them shortly to hopefully get that started. The only thing, though, that's complicated about it is um, the fact that it's indoors. And, like... Does that mean, like, limited capacity stuff? Not only that, but also, like, there, like, there isn't airflow, you know? Like, so it gets a little too hot? Well, there isn't, like, air circulation. So it's not... Um, it's not necessarily safe for, like, preventing, like, COVID from transmitting, you know? Mm. Because, like, if it's in an outdoor area, there's, like, fresh air blowing all over the place and stuff, and it's a lot safer. And But indoors, it's not as safe. And I, like, I have my personal opinion on the situation and stuff um, and my viewpoints on COVID, but... The difference between me and like the anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers is that I'm not trying to impose my opinion onto others and like force them to be in a situation that they don't feel comfortable with. So I'm trying to find a happy medium, you know, a nice balance for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the hard part, right? Especially about trying to do a new venue like that. Mm -hmm. It's just trying to find a happy medium. Exactly. Yeah. But so far, so good. And the shows at Septentria have been super successful. I make like $400 each show, which oh, is really cool. awesome. Yeah. So pretty much I make $400 within less than 10 minutes. So. It's pretty, not a bad way to make 400 bucks. Not at all. Not at all. It's pretty cool. And you've been doing that? Almost pre- five years. Almost five years. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Did we talk yeah. about that last time? I think so. I knew that but you did drag. I didn't know you had your own drag company. Yeah, I like it's not like a big serious thing that makes a lot of money or whatever, but I've been I myself have been doing drag for five years. Yeah. I knew so, that. Yeah. Well, it'll be five years in March. Or something like that. So I can't believe it's been that long. But here I am. I know you blink and time keeps going. I know. It's like slow down. Yeah. It's weird when you're in high school and it's every day feels like a month and then you get out and it's like, yeah, what just happened in the past five years? Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, oh, damn. Okay. I did not prepare for this. I was not ready. I thought I was. No, I was not. And COVID doesn't help. Oh, my God. No. How but I'm so, in the I, I know I said this the last time I was here, but I am so grateful I wasn't in school. Like I wasn't still in school with COVID happening. So grateful. Yeah, Zoom Zoom was not Yeah. Was not good. And not only that, but being forced to go back to in person learning when you're not able to be vaccinated. It's just like, hey kids, have fun. Go get super sick. And well, not be able to really do anything about it. Yeah. Well just just being in school and then all the chaos. And then also being in high school and like being at the age where you are able to manifest your own opinions and viewpoints but you're in the hands of adults who are like trying to impose their opinions and viewpoints onto you and your schooling and your education and you can't really do anything about it 
so it's it's really it's it's a really weird place to be in and i'm so glad that i'm not in it isn't that just high school in general that's a fair point yeah but it's even more drastic now like parents are going into parent con or like the uh school board meetings and literally like flipping out to the police to the point where the police have to come you know it's like crazy I didn't know about that. I've been trying not to watch the news for like the past same while. It's been a while now since I've actually sat down and watched the news. Yeah, I I'm so excited to get my own place because I won't have to live with my grandfather who watches it every single day. What's he watch? Um, he just watches the local like news, like Channel Three. Mm. He he's one of those old people who don't have cable. Oh. So he just has like the 13 channels. And he's okay. And with... he's good. He's, <laughs> he's good. happy. Yeah. Yeah. It takes it takes too much out of me. I know. I it can't stresses do it. me out. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm like, I don't need to be worrying about all this when I'm living in my own little bubble. Like, it's literally like like whether you like it or not, you do live in your own little bubble, your own little space. Like, sure, there's this great big world around you, but a lot of it does not actually directly affect you. And watching the news right now is literally like opening up your little bubble and letting all of that negativity just like flow inside and just overwhelm you. Or you just like, you either close it off and like push it away or you just become absorbed into it. And it can definitely consume you oh, if yeah. you're not careful. Because oh, all yeah. you're getting is, you know, all this hate and shit just, yeah. just spewed down your throat. Literally, I was, it's so crazy to me because I was, again, just at 707 and there was this truck outside. A lot happening at 707. Huh? I said, there's a lot happening at 707. Well, I've literally been deemed the princess of 707 now by the bartenders there. So it's like, cool, excellent. But um, it's it's my watering hole. It's the place that I like to go to um, because like I'm friends with all the bartenders and stuff. But Regardless, I was there and there was this truck outside. And I mean, mind you, it's a pretty like redneck-esque bar, but it's like more of a mixing pot though. But still, main population that likes to go there is the more str straight men individuals. But there was this truck outside and it had bumper stickers on it, two in specific. One of them said, white lives matter. And then the other said, all lives splatter. And I'm like, that's really aggressive. That is so politically aggressive. For what? Some people just like the chaos. I mean, I like chaos too. We were just talking about that's it. Like next, that's like mixed. But that's... I'm not trying to actually say that people should die, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's next level. I'm like, that's too much. And putting that a, is putting a much. sticker on your truck, I think is just weird. Like the whole bumper sticker thing, I've never really gotten that I know. to begin with. Yeah, same. I mean, like I have a like I have two stickers on my car. One of them is just like of a little like cool cat with a beanie. That's a Dutch bro sticker. And the other one is a smiley face. And then if you look close enough, it actually says dying inside on it. So, you know. Um, but like there are people who have the most wild bumper stickers and stuff. I'm like, why do you got to blast your political views? Nobody yeah, cares. Yeah, when it gets political and it's like it's on your vehicle. Nobody like, cares. Why? Yeah. Nobody's going to look at that in traffic and be like, oh, that's a great point. One, like, of, my, one of my favorite things that one of my friends do, do, though, is that they will carry a pack of rainbow Sharpies with them. And whenever they see a Blue Lives Matter sticker, like that little like American flag with just the one blue stripe. Oh, no. They'll fill in the rest. 
and make it like an LGBTQ like rainbow sticker. And it's so funny because it's like, it's not like they put another sticker on top of it where you could just take it off. They altered the sticker that was already there. And so it, I, I, I enjoy that level of vandalism. I don't know. Vandalisms are weird. Fucking with other people's property is always a little dumb. But also it's only a sticker. Yeah. The sticker's already stuck onto the vehicle. It's already depreciated the car's value. Are those value. two, like, exclusive, the the Blue Lives Matter and the LGBT? They don't... What do you mean? Well, like, why... What's... I could see if it was, like, a Trump flag and you go and, like, do that, but why the Blue Lives Matter? Oh, because it's stupid to compare a job that you can easily quit to a, uh, to a race that you are forever. You're only a police officer for 40 hours out of the week. You're a black person for your entire life. That is that The is two true. do not correlate. But I get, the, I get the sentiment of the Blue Lives Matter thing. I get the Feel sentiment. Feel free to say that you respect the first responders. That's great. Respecting first responders is absolutely awesome. Saying Blue Lives Matter is like, sure, the phrase of it, it makes sense like like police officers lives do matter but it's the context that it's used in and what you know that it actually means is that they do not like people who defend themselves against cops you think that's what that means yeah i don't know i don't know i i and the fact that it they say blue lives matter directly is in reference to black lives matter which is a racial movement to make sure that everybody has equal rights when you, and that's literally comparing somebody's life to a job. It is a job that you can quit, that you can be fired from, that you don't have to join if you don't want to. And meanwhile, being black is you're, you are black forever. You can't change that. And it's not something that you can just take off at the end of the day and like hang up and put away. It's, it's stupid. It's like, you know, comparing a job to a race is very stupid. It's not just a job, though. It is a job. Yeah, but it's, I mean, people kill cops just to kill cops. Well, yeah, of course they do. But nobody's nobody's going to McDonald's and killing a a chef just to kill a McDonald's chef. Well, I mean, I'm sure there is someone out there. There, true. There were those. But did you know that's back, playing devil's advocate? Well, yeah, that's all I that's all I have on this thing. Exactly. I'm not a cop. I'm also not black. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. But so still, I can only play devil's advocate. But I think still, it's I like, think people breaking themselves down into these micro communities in general is weird. I don't think that's good. Uh-huh. That scares me. But again, when it is something that is racially motivated and specifically speaks upon violence, I'm not cool with it. Is that what Blue Lives Matter? I'm so ignorant. I don't know. Any, like, I don't pay attention to anything. It's like, no, it literally boils down to they are trying to compare 
somebody's job that they don't need to have. You can make money and a living off of something else. You do not have to be a police officer. But, but we need cops. Sure. But you if you do not specifically have to be a police officer. That is not a requirement to live your life. If you are born a black person, you can't change that. You can't just take off your like your skin and be like, "Okay, well, I'm all done for the day. My shift's over." No. Black people can't like cops can take off their uniform and go walk into Costco and just be a normal everyday human being. Black people don't get that same luxury of just being like, "Oh, I can just take off my blackness and go into Costco and just be a normal white person. No. It's completely different. They are two completely different things. One is a race, one is a job. They do not compare. They are not comparable. Point blank period, end of story. And the Blue Lives Matter thing is trying to make that comparison. Ex- absolutely. Okay. I thought or it was else just the... it would not be called Blue Lives Matter. I thought it was just the All Lives Matter thing that was like, hey... Well, all lives matter, duh. Of course, all lives matter. But saying that that way ain't cool. Like What way? Like, because, well, it's the context behind it that it is most commonly used. Is that they are trying to, by saying, like, by how most people who use the phrase all lives matter use it is trying to defeat the point of Black Lives Matter. They're trying to make the Black Lives Matter movement less than what it is because they are like, oh, but but like all lives should matter. Like, duh, that's the whole point of Black Lives Matter is to have all lives matter. But just like shooting straight towards that direction is like completely, I don't know if I'm phrasing this right because... I'm clearly not black. I I can't professionally speak on this matter. But still, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. I I have no idea. I'm 23. I don't know anything. I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment of Blue Lives Matter. If you're not taking away from the Black Lives Matter thing... Which I didn't know those... I mean, I kind of get I guess it because it's like BLM, BLM. I guess you could correlate it to the trans situation we were talking about earlier. Saying that you're attracted to girls, but not being attracted to trans girls. Okay, when wait. You could, time out. What is that? When you could phrase it a different way for it to not be transphobic. That is what I'm saying. Is that you could... The way that you are saying it regardless of your intention comes off a certain way but did it wasn't blue lives matter around before the black lives matter movement i know that thin blue line in the blue flag that's been around for a while right that's been around for a long time but the context that was created around it with the uprising of black lives matter changed how it is perceived what I am speaking on is perception of the audience that is absorbing said information. It is just like how if somebody, if I was talking to a guy in a bar 
and I was like, like we were flirting or whatever. And then I said, I'm trans. And they're like, oh, I'm not a, I'm only attracted to girls. Well, like I am a girl. And so it's like saying like, like there are different ways to phrase it without it coming off as like aggressive or not in support of a certain type of person. So for example, a like a similar situation in the topic we're currently speaking on would be instead of saying blue lives matter, you can say, I support first responders. So therefore, you are still saying the same message that you originally wanted to speak on without having the negative baggage of the phrase you were saying before. I, I get that. But I think when you get into perception, it kind of gets a little dicey. Well, I'm speaking in general perception terms of what I've experienced with the way of phrasing things mm -hmm. and how important that is. Um, because you can say one thing and have it mean a certain way, but just because of the way you say it could mean the exact opposite to the person you said it to. And that is my whole point. Mm -hmm. is that you can support police officers. You can support first responders. Just say that you support first responders because saying black lives matter it, or saying blue lives matter is not the correct way of going about it because of all of the negative connotation that has been built around it because of all of the situations that, has, that have happened because of the way that people who are not good people have pushed it so high and like made it a certain way if that makes sense no you're kind of losing me <laughs> so like i said it's so like, it's just the brand your problem is the branding of blue lives matter not the sentiment it's the branding of you feel like it's detached from black lives matter well i mean away from that it's the same as saying like sh like it's the same situation as like yeah there are good cops out there and yeah there are bad cops out there we're trying to eliminate the bad cops. It's the same way with phrasing. Yeah, there are good ways to phrase it. And yeah, there are bad ways to phrase it. But we're trying to erase the bad ways of phrasing it. Okay, that seems like a big stretch. Is it though? Yeah, because good cops and bad... There's good people and there's bad people. That's, yeah, that's and there's good ways of phrasing things and there's bad ways of phrasing things. Yeah, but doesn't it's that... It's all in a matter of perception. Because yeah, but perception somebody... changes. That's my problem with that. Because what if today it's like, okay, first saying first first responders' lives matter. Could you say that? Or is it the, the branding of blank lives matter? Like that's now black lives matter and you can't rebrand that. Well, of course things will change over time. Things change all the time. I'm speaking on the present. Mm -hmm. Who knows what will happen tomorrow? I'm trying to make people better in the present because the present is garbage. If the world changes tomorrow and decides that the trend is amongst everybody to say things a certain way and that it has a positive connotation, then go for it. It's just like the, uh, like the reclaiming of words. It's that same situation. It's like, oh, sure, that was a bad way of saying it. But if it's being reclaimed, then like by the individuals who were originally subjected to said term. Are you talking about like the N-word? 
Well, not only that, but like um, the current one that I'm a fan of is the term bimbo. Like that is currently being reclaimed and is more empowering. And like, yeah, you can be sexy. You can be attractive. You can dress however you want because that shouldn't matter on how people perceive you because it's just clothing. It's just makeup. It's just hair. It's not actually your identity, you know? And, like, it's okay to be sexual and, like, express your sexual desires openly because of all the stigma that's built around it, you know? So it's it's similar to that. Like, if, if Blue Lives Matter gets reclaimed in a more positive way, then that is, uh, that is something to evaluate at a later time, like, when that actually happens. My focus, personally, is the present when it comes to things like this. I don't get that whole rebranding thing. We're, we're taking words back. Reclamation, like reclamation. Is that what it's called? Is that what it is? Yeah, because you're like reclaiming it. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. I think it's like a power thing or like a like, yeah, you used to call me this, but I actually like that you call me this because it also means this to me. Like it means this to me. So call me at all you want, you know? No, I don't get that. I don't see the appeal in, in reclaiming words like that. I've never understood that. Hmm. Well. That's just one of those things. I don't get it. I don't see I I'm also a firm believer. I'm weird in the sense that I only I think that words only have power if you give them power. Right. Like I don't care what words anybody uses i think that speaks about who you are and words can have negative power and words can have positive power yeah but i think the only person that gets to decide that is the person it's subjected to yeah yeah so therefore i've been called a bimbo before in negative connotation and so i'm like yeah did it affect you when somebody called you that no that would be me i'm like okay cool Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I am that. So what? I am a bimbo. Cool. But what is a bimbo? Like, these are just words, right? Right. So why we, why do we have to reclaim it? That's what I think I don't get. Like, why not just not care? I don't know. I mean... I'm asking you this giant existential question not to put you on the spot. Something that could be similar when it comes to reclaiming is like how... In the 90s, it was like that you could possibly relate to is in the 90s, there was this huge trend of men having to be like completely hairless, like like clean shaven, no body hair whatsoever because of all of the like perfume ads and stuff and like cologne ads or whatever that came out and just like the way that things are. But nowadays, like... Girls love a guy with a beard and love that, like, rugged masculinity rather than, like, that chiseled, clean-cut type of masculinity, you know? So it's, it's like, reclaiming that and, like, taking the, like, making it attractive again, I guess. If that makes sense. Not part... I get the comparison. I get what the hair thing Mm -hmm. or the beard so it's like women were like were shamed for like 
Being called a bimbo. Yeah, and being, like, dressing too, like, too revealing and wearing certain things and wearing, like, big heels during the day or, like, fur coats and being like, oh, she's extra. She's, like, a bimbo. She's, like, uh, like, whatever. And so now it's kind of, like, trying to change change that and be like, no, they're still a woman. They still deserve respect. They're still cool. They're still great people. They just enjoy dressing that way and there shouldn't be an issue with that. And so in a sense, it's like taking away the power from the people using that word negatively and turning it positively and being like, yeah, I am a bimbo. So what? I'm still a great person. I'm still fun. I'm still cool. I can still have a professional job. I can still be a bank teller if I want to. You know? Mm-hmm. Did that help? No, I get it. I okay. get the line of thinking. I just think it's weird. Like, why oh, okay. Why not just call them a bimbo back? Or why not just not... Like, I just think it's weird how people have this this idea in their head that, like, oh, we have to, like, reclaim these hurtful words. And I get it. I get like where they're coming from with it. It's just like I don't a weird think it's something to me. I don't think people think that it's something that needs to be done. I think it's something that people think like in my personal perspective, it's like it's fun to do because it's like, oh, we're like taking that power away from them and we're using it against them at the same time because it's like it's like going to go and like stab somebody. But then that person grabs the knife from you and stabs you with it instead. You know? It's like that, I guess it's almost like petty in a sense. I don't know. It's weird because now you have me thinking too. It's weird, right? But it's, I think it just has to do with like the power of it. Because you're get, right. That you, like is you such don't, a foreign You don't have to, to give power to it. You yeah. don't have to. Because you keep saying like there's this power and like you you're don't taking have to, the power back. You don't have to reciprocate the power or like flip it on its head and then like give it back to them or like uh weaponize it against them you don't have to do that to still be like a good person you can do it however you want but is there even any power in it like if somebody is walking down the street and yells at you and is like hey crazy like nobody's out there saying oh we need to reclaim the word crazy well i mean there are are people trying to do that yeah well i mean no it's more like um, people saying like, oh, crazy isn't a good term because it like stigmatizes mental health and stuff, which is understandable, but I don't know. That's definitely something out of your realm. Oh, yeah. The the whole. Yeah, I don't get why we're like putting why we're like, I don't understand. I don't know. I think it's just something where because people are like, you oh, you can't say be... crazy. You have to be in the position of the people reclaiming it. Like mm-hmm. you have to be a part of whatever lifestyle that is that is being reclaimed in order to really understand it. Like, you know, you never know where somebody's been until you've walked their sh- in their shoes or you've walked their path. Sure, they can tell you about it, but you won't fully understand or know it. There's this quote that comes to mind now that you said path. And I think it ties in perfectly with this. And I think I've said it on the following cast before. But there's a, a famous quote. And I can't think of who it's by. But it goes, prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And I think that 
sums up where I stand in life right now because I feel like we are in this crazy time where we are teaching people that, and this, I'm going to say this, and as I'm saying it, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but thinking about it, like it sounds kind of assholey, and I haven't quite figured out how to separate the two, the idea from the stigma of assholeness. Right. But the, I, the problem with that. You know where that, I'm going with this? No, the problem with that, um, that quote, though, in the most literal way of thinking about it, is that sure in like just like if you don't think about it that does make sense that's a cool quote but also if you're like if you're trying to prepare people for something that you've experienced you're going to prepare them in the way that you perceive it you should prepare people to perceive it however they want and to help them like i don't know i guess what i'll try to say is you can't prepare somebody for something because you have your own perspective on things and you're going to, you could perceive something completely different than somebody else. So you can't really prepare anybody for anything. Well, I think what that quote, uh, my interpretation of the quote, which could be way off, is that you're giving, you're not, you're giving the child the tools so that whatever they face they can overcome it. Right. So when I think about that, if I was trying to break it down, rather than take this road, say you've got this road and there's potholes and there's there's obstacles that you'd have to jump over or climb under or swim around or whatever. Say it's super basic like that. I do like that quote, but I would add to also be open to letting, like, so preparing the kid for the road Go down the road with them, but also remember to let them take the lead too. Well, this is the wait. Okay, time out. Let me let so me, that way let me they... line it back up here. Okay. So this is if there's obstacles. So because you're not always going to be with your child, right? So if we're taking a parent-child stance, you have to prepare your child so that they can overcome these things when you're not around and problem solve without your ideology. Yes. Well, I'm not. That's talking, what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I'm not taking. There's no ideology in this from my interpretation. It's just, okay, so we've got this road. Well, it's if you're not... trying to prepare somebody for something, you're going to use your perception of said thing that you're trying to prepare them for. Okay, wait, time out. Let me lay out this idea and see if that still holds true for you. Okay. You've got this path. Yeah. We're going to go super basic. There's things you'd have to climb over, things you'd have to walk around, swim maybe. Totally. So in order to prepare your child for that, you would have to teach them basic things, how to walk how to climb, how to swim. You're teaching them these tools that they may need or may not rather than trying to take the road and pave over it and make it super flat and super safe and there's no obstacles on it. There's no danger because that's not realistic. Right. Okay. I see your perspective now. That's, that was my interpretation of taking out like ideology or like yeah. t instilling in this person some way of life. Like you're just teaching them I basic guess, things. I guess what I'm saying is that just also be prepared for that if the if if the kid wants to pave over everything and make it easier for themselves in that way let them because it's their journey it's not yours i get what you're saying but that road's going to break back down over time exactly it's basically like and then somebody else will come along and do what they want with it 
You don't have to. You got me. You have me so lost. I'm trying to like <laughs> come I back re- now. I can tell that I have a very deep thinking. Like I, I think very deeply about things. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be a double-edged sword because sometimes I can overthink things and then create a whole different reality than what's actually going on. Yeah, I think I don't know if you're overthinking this or I'm underthinking this, but I definitely got lost. There's something going I got on here. Lost in the sauce. There's on some that witchcraft. One. Yeah. I think it's just. I think fundamentally, we are at this weird place in time where, like, we're kind of coddling people and, like, putting feelings. I do agree with that. Yeah, putting feelings above all else, which is which is good. We should want people to be happy and to right, you know, feel comfortable and all these things. But life is uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, if you're training these kids that anything that makes them uncomfortable is inherently bad and flawed and wrong, I think that's dangerous because that's life. We have this weird veneer of society, especially here in the States, where life is pretty good. It sucks sometimes and bad things definitely do happen. Yeah. Other times you get dollars from your dead dad. Well, even not even that. They're like, shit is a lot worse in other places, even today. Like shit is not, people are being bought and sold. Rape just happens and is a part of life. People are just killed. Like that's, those are realities that people experience in other places. And we're over here saying, oh, words are so bad. But you know what's worse than words? I, just, I had talked with Felicity about this too. I was like, because we got onto sticks and stones and she was like, you know, words are pretty, pretty, pretty bad. And I was like, well, you know, it hurts worse than words. Actions. Actions. Like an actual brick. Like somebody hitting you with a brick is a lot worse than somebody saying something not nice you're to you. You're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're teaching these kids Saying that, you're stupid rather than making you stupid is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But there's a difference, you know? And I think we, we've kind of lost it as a society in the sense that people, like saying people are soft is weird because that's not really what it is. We just have this weird weird desire not to, to go towards things that make us uncomfortable or to face things that make us uncomfortable. And that right. worries me. Right. It, it just goes back to your quote where there are people who want to make the road easier and then there are people who want to make the journey through the road easier. There are people who sure. want to make the road easier for the journey. And there are the people who want to make the journey easier. If that makes sense. Isn't that the same thing? No, because they want to make the road easier. Rather than like it. it I'm lost in the sauce. Oh my God. I there, there are people who want to pave over everything and make the road easier. But yes. then there are the people who want to prepare themselves for the road and thus also making the road easier, but just making it easier in a different way. Yes. Well, we we all want to make things easier, especially for your kids. You want your kids to have a better life than you yeah. have. And but, then there are the parents who will tell them like, oh, there are all these problems in society. Here are the tools to work around them. And then there are the parents who are out there fighting in the streets being like, we need to change the society to make it better for our children. Like that's, that's the two polarities that I'm perceiving from the way you're describing things. Yeah. Okay. And in a sense, the people who are out there fighting in the streets are what people would call like the snowflakes or whatever, the people who are soft and like trying to make society different rather than the people who are more aligned with giving 
kids the tools and knowledge to get through the problems that exist in the world and let them, like, help them navigate through it rather than paving over it. Yeah. That's I think what a I'm good saying. example would be you have these people who are saying, oh, we need to censor words that make people not feel good. And then you have other people right. who are saying words don't affect you. Like you are not the words. If somebody calls you dumb, that doesn't inherently make you dumb. Yeah. Like you are, you, these words only have value if you give them value. Yeah. And I think the latter camp is where I know for I a fact identify. that we're, I know for a fact that you and I are on the same page right now. Yeah. I think we but are. I think we're just like but dancing. But we're just describing around, things differently. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're doing the same dance to two different songs. Yeah. Yep. But I think we're, I think we're, we're, we're there together. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That worries me. I don't know how we got on that, but that, that worries me about today's, the world we're in. I don't want kids, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little money leeches. Kids are expensive. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have kids ever? I mean, never say never, right? Same thing with relationships. I don't like. I don't want to be with a girl right now, but who knows? Yeah, I might like meet a kid who I'm like, okay, you're cool. I'll have one, I guess. You haven't met any cool kids? No. I don't know. That's just how I am. There's nothing wrong. It with helps that people. I can't have kids. Yep. So, well, I mean, per se. That is a thing, right? With taking these hormone blockers and stuff, like if you theoretically like if you wanted to revert back would you would everything like they if i were to have that like the bottom surgery um i would never be able to revert back to like i would literally not be able to have kids whatsoever yes obviously because i could not impregnate somebody and i could not be impregnated but even without the bottom surgery just with the the hormone blockers doesn't that have an effect it lessens your sperm count, well. but okay. it doesn't It doesn't remove it completely. Okay. Yeah. Because I've heard that, and I don't know how true this is for the other way, for women transitioning to men, but I've heard that... Women t- transitioning to men can still get pregnant, but it's just harder. Okay. Same thing for me. It's just harder. Yeah. Okay. But it's good that I will never have to worry about that because the, the tool in my tool belt does not get used that way that makes sense trying to be real pg right now you don't have to be pg this is a podcast i'm not gonna fuck somebody with my dick i am the one i am not giving i am receiving okay that just went from pg to triple x yeah yeah no that makes sense so you're yeah i I, yeah i had heard that but i wasn't sure if it was in reference to like it being permanent that once you start taking those blockers it's not permanent it's not permanent okay if if you just take hormones and then you stop you're like it will go like you will like it'll take a while but you will go back to it's like back to baseline or back to like a lower level it i mean i think it depends on the person but it's kind of like i'm probably how long you've been taking yeah it's kind of like pushing your hand on a tempur-pedic mattress like you can push your hand all the way down and just hold it there and it'll stay in that shape but if you remove your hand it will slowly go back to how it was before Mm mm-hmm yeah, but then the surgery is permanent. Yeah, the yeah. surgery is removing There's the no entire problem. mattress. <laughs> yeah. So, which I have no idea if I want to do that or not. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I do know that I want to have facial feminization surgery. What is that? That is where... So it depends on your face. Like, it depends on your bone structure. But for me, I it would be shaving down the jawline to make it more round. Um, shaving down the chin a little bit as well to make it not as, like, angular. And then also a nose job as well to make it smaller because I have a fairly masculine nose naturally. So that's what I would do. Luckily, I was blessed with really nice lips and great cheekbones. Um, But other than that, I'm, I'm like, all right, time to do some construction. What, as someone who's not in that sphere, what is, why... How, how am I saying this? Why the face and why not anything below? Like, is there like a, like, why do you feel that that needs to be done and that doesn't, or vice versa or whatever? Like, it doesn't need to be done. It's just what I want, want done. done. Yeah. Um, it just has to do with my, the way that my dysmorphia works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the way that I see myself. Without makeup on, I feel really masculine looking. And that's just the way that I perceive it, you know? And sure, it sucks. Sure, I said I shouldn't perceive it that way, but that's just how I, I perceive it. And so... It doesn't feel masculine when you when you look down? What do you mean? And you see oh, a penis? Because um, me that's personally... That's a great question, Me personally, actually. I'm thinking like if I... My face, I could probably, you know, get by without doing anything. But if I looked down and saw a dick, I'd be like, okay, like we got to do something. I don't know. That's a great question. I guess it just has to, like, I don't know. But what's cool about taking estrogen, though, is that it naturally develops, like, breast tissue. And so I I do have, like, a little bit of, like, a chest. But I don't know. It depends on how the transition goes with that area, with the shape that it will get to, the size, I guess. But I would also be open to having that surgery. Yeah. Huh. But not because I know that's a common thing. I read a book. I, I, I read a book, too. Yeah. It's so crazy. I know. Most people. Oh, well, I shouldn't say most people. Some people do read books. Yeah. That's still a thing. I think we're a little under the radar nowadays, but right. it's still happening out there. But anyways. No, the but book, it was a book about. The book you read. Yeah, it was a book. I read it a, a while ago. I think like pre-pandemic. Uh-huh. Um. And it had some statistics on, it was a book about, you know, transitioning and stuff. Right. And it, it threw out some statistics. And I don't know, I never fact-checked these. I don't know how true they are. But it said that most people who transition don't get the surgery uh-huh. for it. And I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, because, well, did it say that most male to female trans individuals don't have that surgery? I said most in most in general. Most trans individuals. Yeah, do not. Get I guess the, that's true. The surgery, um, which I thought was weird, because I would feel like that would be just because um, having, from what I've been told, uh, transitioning from female to male and having that surgery doesn't work the same as a normal, like penis would work, and it's the same way with the opposite of having that removed and having a vagina crafted out of your like crotch instead is that it doesn't work the same or feel the same either. So it's kind of, I don't know. It depends on 
your dysmorphia and how far you want to transition. I just thought that was interesting because like when I think about what it means to be, and this is, this is another one of those ideas I'm thinking about as I'm saying it. So bear with me. But if I think about like what, like if I thought I was a woman or if I was a a woman, you know, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. The beard would not help. Right. Um, Funny story. My ex was always jealous that I could grow better facial hair than he could. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Couldn't Mm -hmm. grow a beard. Not really, no. Oh, that sucks. I've got a couple friends like that. They just can't, no matter what, they just can't really get the facial mm-hmm. hair going. Wah, wah. Um, oh, what was I just... Mm. Oh, but if I thought, like, what like what it means to be a woman, I feel like having a vagina does play... Or, like, being a man. Like, having a penis does play into that. Yeah. I mean, again, it just depends on your definition of what a woman can be or what a man can be. Mm-hmm. And what body parts and stuff they can have. I think so. that's what trips a lot of people up. Yeah. Is the idea of like, oh, okay, you're a man, but you have a vagina. Or you're a woman, but you have a penis. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So weird. But, yeah. You transitioning would be a very interesting process. I don't think we have to worry about that. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm pretty good pretty good yeah (laughs) i think i can i think i can get by the rest of my life i think you can too i think i'd be yeah Yeah. i don't think i'd i don't really look good without a beard i don't think it would work for me i you've had like you've been able to grow facial hair for a long time (laughs) that's an understatement yeah yeah i was in sixth grade and had a pretty pretty decent mustache yeah sixth grade that's crazy. Yeah. Like. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I really got the beard going until. Maybe middle school. Maybe maybe high school. But the mustache. We've always been. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It, it was weird growing up. I it's mean, like you're, you um, got a one up on other 23 year olds yeah i look old as shit yeah but then i shave and i look like a small child so it kind of doesn't it's a weird balance right well it's a good thing it's not the 90s where you feel pressured to shave that completely gone that, that, i don't i don't buy into that all that the peer pressure stuff you know i think mm-hmm. i'm i'll finally hit my stride where it's like yeah i'm cool you know right i don't need to succumb to that right and i think some of that comes with age and some of it comes with experience and you're just like well just like me you are blessed with being a very attractive individual so thank you wow that was a subtle little like shout out and like little yeah back pass too i mean like if i'm gonna give a point to somebody else i'm gonna give give a point to myself too that's a fair point yeah we can all be winners we can all be winners yeah (laughs) yeah we can yeah 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 Okay, I think we could... Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? It's we've been doing... Been... We've we've almost done three hours. We're really? Like the two, yeah. That's, That's awkward because I looked over and I was like, oh, I was going to say, we've probably done like an hour. Nope. The time wow. Yeah. Time yeah. flies, right? It does. It, between the four walls. Yeah. Yes. In the little garage studio. 
Yes. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Where people can find you? What um, are you, doing? you don't have to. Some people plug stuff. Some people don't. It's Ultra Pain on Instagram. Uh, and what else? I don't know. I don't know what else to plug. I don't have. I don't have too much going on Not right now. Much. Okay. I do have a drag competition that I started recently, which is very cool. Uh, it's just like online competition. Online, okay. Yeah, people competing and stuff. Where can people find that? Uh, the drag tournament the drag. on Instagram. Are there episodes? Is it like an episodic thing or? No, it's it follows the Instagram format. Okay. So, um, what is that? I don't know what that means. So like uh, the the way that they like the pictures are posted. So basically, it's like. Uh, Competitors are given a challenge. They have a certain amount of time to complete it in. And then once they're completed with it, they send us the pictures of them in the outfits. And then the judges critique them and give them verbal critiques, like typed out, and then will give a score out of 10. And then there will be five judges, um, four main judges, one guest judge each week. So that equals, um, and with each of them giving a score out of 10, that equals 50 at the end of the week. Whoever has the highest score is the winner of the challenge. And the two who have the lowest scores have to lip sync against one another. Whoever wins the lip sync gets to stay. Whoever loses goes home. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And the lip, so it's all photos except for the lip, lip, lip sync. That's, yeah. that's Those live are or that's a video? Okay. Those are live. And then, or not live, they're uh, recorded videos. So what I do is since nobody knows who's going to be going home until the results are actually posted... Or who's going to be in the bottom until the results are actually posted. Everybody has to film a lip sync and send in a lip sync. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so they don't know who's going to be in the bottom until it actually happens. And they're like, oh, okay, well, there's my lip sync. I like there will be times where like in other competitions where people will be like, oh, I wish I would have like put more into my lip sync because I would have stayed. Because they were like, oh, I'll like they'll be overly confident and be like, oh, I'm good. I did great this week. And then other people did better than them. And then all of a sudden they're in the bottom. So it kind of incentivizes them to really give it their all. In give their it lip-syncs. their all yeah. because they don't know who. And I going. gave them great songs to lip sync to. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? I just started this. Oh, I got to check this, that out. That's the season, cool. The season officially starts January 1st. And how many contestants do you have? 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, it starts January first. January, 1st. so that's when you're going to be releasing the first the, stuff, fa- the, first, the first challenge. Yeah, okay. And all of the pictures for it and everything. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm. I. I that's can't really wait. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Grand prize five hundred dollars. Uh, a custom styled wig by me. Um, a pair of lashes, like false lashes. Um, from like the biggest drag lash creator on Instagram. And then some cosmetics from a cosmetic company that I'm a fan of. And those those two brands are donating these, like, st- the stuff, stuff to the prize package. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah. And no other competition, online competition, of the magnitude that mine is has offered, like, a cash prize of more than $100. And it's a lot of work to do a full season. It's, like, a lot of looks and stuff. And so having it be $500 for these people is very incentivizing. So, so 15 people, how many challenges? 12. 12 challenges. 12 people, okay. or no, 12 people, eight challenges, one finale. Okay. 12 people, eight challenges, one finale. Yep. Oh, man. Yes. So that's something for people to look forward to now. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Skyland. I 
I had a great time talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I really it was it. it was fun. We really got into stuff. Yeah, we did. We really did. I think that's that's perfect because we've got a new studio. We've got new conversations. I think yeah, that's all part of the fun. And I've got a new gender. <laughs> it's it is the age of the new. Yes, that's how we're that's how we're exiting twenty twenty one and starting twenty twenty two. Absolutely. I think Please. we can all we can get behind that. Yes. Okay. On that note, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, guys.